You are about to witness history in the making. What's up everyone, it's episode 19 of the Pop Culture Gamers podcast, it's the 12th of August, my name's Hayden and I'm here with, uh, as always, with Steve. How are you Steve this week, what's your week been like? Yeah, yeah, busy, busy, family, family. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you've had your daughter up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, she's um, doing some treats with her as such and taking her out, you know, so it's nice. Yeah, it's always nice to get out with the family, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But actually, it was just me and her. That was even, My missus didn't want to get involved. She said, honestly, I've got things to do. You, you, you go in there and spend some time with your daughter. And, um, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> so we did what we did. So, yeah. Yeah. So what have you been doing then this week? So week-wise, it's just been work. Um, Work and destiny, probably. I think it's probably the two words I'd use for the week stuff. <laughs> um, but the weekend was nice. As I say, we say I took my daughter to a, a seven-bone burger restaurant I like. And if anyone had seen the pictures on uh, Instagram or, or wherever, um, I didn't eat all those chili cheese fries. They made a mistake in the order. And so they said, but don't worry, I'll take them off, but you can keep them anyway. <laughs> So I had these two big bowls of chili cheese fries and my burger on that. Uh, but that was just, it's just lovely. It's great. It's a good, good restaurant. It's, it's always hard to get a table if you're not in there early. And we got there in early because we were going to go to the cinema as well after. So we went to see Mission Impossible Fallout, which I'll talk about later. And on the Friday night, because she's not seen it, we watched Ready Player One. With the uh, 4K disc that had just been released. What do you think of the 4K version? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, and eBay sent me scanners from David Cronenberg Blu-ray. Very nice. So I had that as well. And I watched that, actually. I watched that during the week, one late evening. I think it might have been Thursday. Was it Thursday? It might have been Friday. I can't even remember now. The week's gone. Um, gaming-wise, obviously, there's been a bit of Destiny which is probably in the bulk. Also, I had a, because I've, I've not really had the time this weekend to get a lot of gaming in, um, I did start We Happy Few and finished it in five minutes. Okay, so presumably this is like the quick ending and there is actually other versions of it. It's not just a five-minute game at £10 a minute <laughs> no, to play No, it. I'll explain that later. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and... I have a problem with my Xbox at the wrong time of the year right now. Why? Now, well, because it keeps shutting down as if it's too hot. And I've been putting up with it over uh, over these really hot summer we've had. I understood, I would say it would have been the room that would have been contributing to it. Mm. But it happened again today. And... I was in orbit. Well, I was actually on a on a strike, 
heroic strike and it just died on me and then rebooted it and you know when you get you get the um the chip come up and all the sparkling and it all goes like that mm-hmm. and then you get the green screen with the xbox logo logo yes and what was happening was there was pixelation going across the screen on the xbox logo logo oh, and it was and it was like as if someone if it was a painting someone had smeared it with a brush as well which right. that sounds like a graphics card problem to me there there is some problem with it you need to send it back mm, and obviously then when it booted up it said oh it had an immediate shutdown to save it because it's probably a problem with the ventilation but as the picture i've just put on twitter earlier trying to talk to someone from even though i spoke to an ambassador for xbox i hadn't spoken to support yet um yeah he, he, he agrees and i think that i've got to send it back on a take it to the support page and put it in for a repair don't get me wrong about the Xbox ambassadors because I'm not going to knock one because I'm one. Yeah. But um, it is just guys like you and me are doing it for free. It's yeah. not. No. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's not anyone who's. Well, I need um, to. I need to speak to support because I need to get a a ticket. Really, if I can yes. do it that way. Uh, I don't want. I don't. I can't be asked to talk on the phone. If I can deal with it on a ticket, on a DM. Hmm. And that would be great. But then it, what it means is, though, I'm going to have to box it up, get print the, print the label, wait, get it, get it, something to pick it up from somewhere. It's going to be a ball ache, and it's the wrong time of year for me to do this. Because Destiny's, yeah. cause of Destiny and, and the other games that will be coming out in the next month. But the longer that you leave it, the more it's going to impact on that. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, it's it's normally three weeks to get back. So if you did it in the next couple of days, it that's, it'll that's get my back de- in time. That's my that's my destiny um, grind out of the way for the next. <laughs> well, no, you'll just have to nip over to PlayStation. No, I'm not going to go in. I'm not nowhere near as far as I'm in it in this. I'm, obviously, we'll talk about that later. But I'm nowhere near. But it just annoys me now that I've got to deal with this. Yeah, and when you don't have anyone around the house a lot during the week. Mm. they got to collect it from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? But don't and DHL and that have collection points and that now? I'd have to talk to them and see what they want to do. I'm sure that they do. I think you'll find that it'll be, you'll be able to take it to your local Yeah, we've got a few shops. Or whatever. Yeah, we've got yeah. a few UPS versions or whatever and stuff like that. But then again, I don't want to, you see, I want my I want it to come back as a Project Scorpio edition, not as I say, it's knackered, here's another edition. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean because that's the one thing you can't guarantee is that they're going to send it back as a Scorpio. Yeah, and also if I send it away in the in the box, I've got I've got a nice I've got the Scorpio box up there behind me. Yeah, and I I I'm one for having it right, and it come back in a cardboard box. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I haven't got any cardboard boxes to pack it with at the minute, so I need to speak to them this week and see what they're going to say. See whether or not you know. I mean, if it if it wasn't that I could send it back and get it, if they could replace it with another Scorpio and just say deal with it because it's under a year old, yeah. But I don't think they'll do that. They'll end up repairing it. I think I can't see them replacing it. No, and I th- I think to be honest, there's a lot of people who have Scorpio editions who wouldn't want to lose them anywhere. No, no, it's just. It annoys me. I mean, it can happen to anybody, really, on any console. Yeah. But it's what you don't want. 
But I say, I'm going to have to go through the ticket and then uh, if they want me to submit a video, I've already recorded the intro as well, should show the pixelation. It must have shut down 20 times in the last two months, easily. Mm. So, yeah, but um, Mr. Grumpy, Mr. Unhappy, really, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it, really, for me. What about yourself? So, how have you been? Um, well, it's been my second and final week of being off during the summer holidays. Hmm. And it's just flown by, to be honest. I can't really tell you where most of the week went. Um, it's been quite a practical week for me because I yes. dug up grass, laid paving slabs, um, and built a shed, a metal one, to put my uh, bikes in. Um, and actually, I was quite surprised. This metal shed, it was only 120 quid from Argos. Mm, I know the way I saw the pictures. Yeah, I know the ones you sort of mean. Yeah, yeah. And when he, when I got it, it was delivered in this box, and this box was about one and a half meters by half a meter by what ten centimeters deep. And when this guy from the Argos delivery came and he said, no, "Here's your, here's your product." No, that's not my product. Mm. <laughs> I've I've ordered a shed. That's you know um, like a. I don't know, um, a set of shelves for, uh, you know, somebody's living room or something or other like that. He said, no, no, this is a shed, truly, honestly. And it was, it was a shed. Um, and when I, uh, well, before I opened it, uh, my mm. wife decided to drive over it, which is always a good thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she actually uh, broke uh, one of the handles. That was the only thing that broke in it. Um, but when I uh, got it all um, out, I was like, holding on to it because I was helped by my next door neighbour Rob he's a really good bloke um, how is this going to hold itself up it's going to blow away it weighs nothing and it's like really flimsy and mm. um, by the time we built it it's actually more rigid than my wooden shed <laughs> yeah which I can't really quite understand why but it is um, it just something about once it all got together as soon as, you know, it, it was weird, but it just, all all of a sudden, at the last thing, you put one thing, you know, a couple of screws into this thing, and suddenly it becomes this, from this, uh, like, jelly-type metal to this solid, you know, stru uh, construction. It was, like, really, really weird. Um, so, anyway, I built that. I did get the, the bikes in, but there's three of us, and we've got five bikes. My wife's got one from years and years and years ago, which needs to go and we've got like a little kid's bike as well as my son's normal bike. Mm. And it's just like, it's not big enough for, for five bikes. <laughs> it needs, it's big enough for three, which is what I've managed, you know, what I sort of like measured the dimensions for. Mm. Uh, three would be fine. Um, so anyway, we're going to um, cut down on a number of bikes that are in there and get, get a shot of two of them. Um, and then the other thing I did was I also bought um, from Wix a, a, a key to garden bench. Because the idea behind it is, um, you know, when you get those times when you've got deliveries or whatever, mm. is I'm just going to put a, a padlock on it and uh, leave it unlocked. And then you leave instructions for like Amazon, any delivery, stick it in there and then lock it so that, you know, if I'm not in, yeah. you know, it's easy for deliveries to actually come. I thought that'd be quite a good idea because it's a waterproof box. Mm. sort of thing but it's also a garden bench which is quite nice even though it's on my drive yeah um 
but you know and uh because obviously my mother getting up to take in parcels it'll be probably too heavy for her to do it you know she can keep an eye on the bench anyway because it's a she sits directly at the other side of the wall but the deliveries can just go straight in there and then they're kept away from the bad weather so that's the idea behind that really yeah um, yeah i think so i think it'll work um other than that really not being played that much at all Although I have to admit, I completed two games yesterday, and one. Yeah, what cared, cheap, what cheap, crappy games were they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about what games they were. Yeah, words. yeah, I know. Go on, try it. Yeah, quick on. But no, I was just playing a couple of indie games and um, just you know. Um, so other than that, you know, I, I said I've just not been really playing that much. Uh, I have started doing trying doing a bit of a healthy healthier living sort of kick and you know we've mm. my wife and i have been going for uh you know at least mile walks for the last several days and i can i'm starting to tell the difference because like trousers are feeling a bit slacker and stuff like that mm. you know although what's really weird is i'm not losing weight because it seems that at the same ratio that i'm burning off fat my body is recreated muscle to compensate for the weight sort of thing which is a bit frustrating i'm looking forward to when my body stops doing that and actually starts losing weight um been watching a few movies as well in the last week as well as being at the cinema so you've been to see ghost protocol which i'm not protocol no, um, fallout which i'm interested in hearing about um but i've also been to see ant-man and the wasp yeah i, I i'm not I don't know if I can be fussed about watching that yet. I might wait. I mean, I'm going to be watching the Avengers one shortly, which I'm behind on. I'm probably skipping Black Panther. But oh, uh, Matt, I don't skip Black Panther. It's really good. Yeah. But um, in terms of Avengers Infinity War, oh my god, mate, you are going to love it. Yeah. So if I don't and get, if, to and, my, and you should love it because if you think Suicide Squad's good. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've had a little sneaky, sneaky peek, but yeah, I will. Well, I need that. It's a two and a half hour movie, and I'm on call from Monday as well. So oh, the dreaded on call. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing Chris's call out this week because he's on holiday. Mm. So, so yeah, it's um, yeah, one of those things. But there you go. Yeah. Um, I also I got my uh, YouTube video done for the Elite uh, Grips, Elite Controller Grips. Mm. I don't know whether or not you've actually had a chance to watch no, it yet I'd or not. No, I'd say, you know, a lot of stuff I'd love to sit around and do is just not been going on this weekend. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'll send you a link anyway because I know that you were particularly interested uh, mm. in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and really that's about it. So I'm back to work tomorrow, feeling very depressed over it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm waiting for these next two weeks to fly by. Then I'm off for two weeks, so it's oh, can't come oh. quick enough. But it's still a long way off yet. It is. It is. Anyway, uh, unless we've got any more, shall we go out to gaming this week? Yeah. Okay, let's go to gaming this week. No longer a dream, but a reality. Okay, so we've got a couple of bits of news um, here. Do you want to do one, and I'll do the other, Steve? Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the smaller one. You do the big one because also we want to talk about something else that was in the news this week as well, which you haven't got there. So okay, we'll, something else worth. It's actually if you've seen it, I see it, of course. But um, of course, yeah. 
we can always put it on hold afterwards if um, to next week. But it'd be worth having your thoughts on on what what was what was on view. But, um, okay, okay. Well, um, the big news that's been going th- throughout the week, I think, and had uh, quite a bit of debate online and whatever, is former IGN reviewer um, being accused and fired for plagiarism and his subsequent response on that. So a, a YouTuber named Boomstick Gaming published a video entitled IGN Copied My Dead Cells Review. What do I do? Uh, in that video, he described how, in his view, IGN, uh, their review of Dead Cells, uh, written by, um, was, um, Munchin, was it Mushin? I can never pronounce his mm. strange name, was re- a rewritten version of his own, uh, review that was published over a week before. And IGN have since investigated this and have actually fired him as well so it was uh, the former IGN editor uh, Philippe which is spelt with an F rather than a PH uh, Musin however it is he's pronounced I don't know uh, <coughs> he was fired after an investigation into the fact that he had actually uh, plagiarised this and he responded on his YouTube channel saying that there were a lot of circumstances about the review and that he didn't intend to plagiarise anyone's review but that video has since been taken down, mm. uh, and it was reported that plagiarization was not an intention, uh, intentional thing, and he apologised to IGN for all of the criticisms that have been erupted uh, since the announcement. However, I understand um, some more reading it was reported, uh, I can't remember where it was now, but one of the websites is that evidently this isn't the first time that this sort of thing has happened with him either. It's so isn't it? It is, yeah. And, I mean, plagiarising is not good at all. But, but don't you think reviews of XYZ by 50, 50, 50 people review the same product, aren't they going to be a bit, bit similar, to be honest? Is it? Do you know what I mean? Yes, unless they did it in a very specific style, which somebody completely ripped off. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean... Got to be good at your job to be a reporter. Yeah, in that shape, you know. Yeah, you but, have. Uh, but yeah, no, bit naughty. But there you go. It is not. I mean, I can. Well, I'm not supporting it, but I can kind of understand maybe if he was up against a wall for, you know, having to get tight time scales. He's cut a corner and he's been found out. You know, mm. and he's made that that sort of error. But it's not good. You shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff ever. But I know that. You know, it's been reported quite a lot that, um, you know, the time scales for reporting on these things are very critical. And, you know, I think that the um, IGN and other uh, people who, you know, or other agencies who um, do this sort of thing, you know, they all put high pressure on the staff in order to produce hmm. within a very limited amount of time. And obviously, some people will crack under that pressure. So it's a shame, but <clears throat> also very wrong to do as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, but, uh, so, do you want to do the second one? Mm. So I, I, I've seen a picture of this. Uh, so PS4, <coughs> the PS4 Pro, 50 million limited edition reveal. 500 so, million. Sorry, 500 million, 50 million. So, so Sony have now sold over 500 million consoles since 1994. 
And to celebrate this milestone, Sony is releasing a limited edition PS4 Pro with translucent dark blue that will be limited to five fifty. Sorry, be limited to fifty thousand units. Is that wow? Yeah, worldwide. Um, and this and this will be worldwide. It also comes with a matching translucent blue DS4 stand, headset, and a camera and a two terabyte hard drive. Uh, goes on sale on the twenty fifth of August online, and in stores in September. Now, considering how many they've already sold already on the PS4s, it depends whether people die-hard Sony boys are going to ditch the one they've got to pay towards that one. <laughs> well, I can I can quite imagine that there will be some Sony fans out there who will be in raptures over this and going to sell their Pro and their Soul to Satan in order to buy this. Mm. But to be honest, if you've already got a Pro, what's it other than having it? in a see-through colour, what's it actually giving you? It's not really, is it? But then again, it's like this, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much they flog on eBay for when they go out. <laughs> oh, there'll be no no doubt there'll be absolutely silly, silly prices. Mm. Um, you know, where people buy two or three different versions and then sell them massively more. Yeah. Because it all, you know, we've seen it happen with, well previous versions of playstation with xbox with all sorts of stuff Mm. you know look at the switch you know and all of the prices that were there initially for that as well yeah it it doesn't matter what it is if it's something that's limited edition yeah in brackets ebay will be selling it for a little bit more personally i mean you know this is all very well and good but how about sony saying We've had sold 500 million. Well, actually, it's 525 million that they've actually mm. sold. But how about them turning around and saying, here's four months free on PlayStation Network for everybody? Yeah. That'd be, I think that'd be quite a neat touch. Or here's a free game or whatever. I, I imagine they're going to give a few of those away to some YouTubers to promote them, possibly, and stuff like this. Yeah, that's fa- that's all well and good. You know, that's but you know, the the YouTubers who have done that are only one small part of the bigger picture. You know, the, mm. there is, you know, half a billion people who have bought these, assuming yeah. that they've only bought one. We know that probably it's probably about two hundred thousand, you know, two hundred million who's probably actually bought it, and then the, the subsequent repeat buying of the one, two, three, and four, and whatever. Mm. So surely it would be nice to give something back to all of those people like us who've supported them over the years. Yeah, but I don't think they. Always, I don't think a lot of them think like that. They don't. No. Know. No, they don't. They're all tight-fisted. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in terms of it as a console, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm not so sure about the um, the controller translucent. Mm. I've never been a big fan of that. But in terms of the actual console, it does look good. And plus the fact, the great thing is you'll be able to see when it's starting to get a build-up of dust so you know to get the vacuum out. <laughs> Maybe that's what you want to do with your Xbox. No. Vacuum, vacuum the vents. Well, the, as I say, the vents the vents are, is always pretty clear. I mean, I could do... give. And I had a, someone's read just, just come back on a tweet to me. Recommends I elevate, elevate it off the floor, off the actual, you know, the base up a bit. But I don't think there's anything underneath there. Is there on these machines that are going to... 
No, but then again, in terms of mine, this is, my Xbox is the first one that I've I've sat vertical. Hmm. So, you know, and I have not come across this problem yet. Touch wood. Yeah. So may, maybe try try sitting it on its base stand and sticking it up vertical. I don't think I've got the room there though to do that. To be honest. But if you if, if you can't, can't you do it on the top of your unit? No, no, there's no room for it really. It look quite so out of place. And also, aren't the vents on either side of there anyway? So, no. No, because it's specifically designed to be able to stand vertically mm. on that base thing that comes I've, in the box. I've never seen the base. I've never had a base, I don't think. It came in the box. What, with the... With the... Yeah, with the Scorpio. When we get a quiet moment, I'll get it down. It's just behind me. You never look. Yeah, it it does because mine came in with it and I've attached it to my Scorpio So because we've both got the same version. Hmm. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, it's difficult. I don't, there's no. I mean, you have to go really high up, and it just look an eyesore. Yeah, but it's all it is is to try out to see if it is a ventilation problem, isn't it? Yeah. You know, could, you only you only have to do it for a couple of days just to see if you still get the same thing, and then you know. Yeah, I mean, I was worried when I when I was playing Ready Player One last night if it was going to drop out while it was playing it. Hmm. But it didn't. But it did this morning, <laughs> and I touched the top of it, and the the bat. It wasn't hot really. It was a little bit warm, but so that's what worries me that there's a power supply issue. Even though it wasn't mega hot, where you think, oh, I understand that. Yeah. So you know, it's yeah. But anyway, well, we'll see. So did you have some other news to add? Well, yeah. Did you get to see the red did the red? Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption gameplay this week. Yes, it wasn't some of it actually shot on a PlayStation Pro. Yeah, yeah, it was apparently. <laughs> but, and looked uh, good, looked really good. There's a lot of to and fro in that game. You're going to be busy, busy. Mm, I'm still um, not sure if I'm going to be wanting it, to be honest. I mean, um, I, mean I enjoyed the last one. The idea... I've been as more open world as I can possibly put it. Um, but you will be, you know, you'll have to do things for the gang to keep everyone happy. If you don't, you could be in trouble with them and get, get bad attitude from some of the members. I don't, it will be interesting. It'll be, be I, I mean, it might be worth waiting to hear the reviews when it comes out before purchasing it. If it's one that you really want to stick some hours into. Yeah. Because they're not. If you if you just spend a couple of hours and never play it again, it, it'd be a waste of money, really. Yeah, to be honest, it's one I'm going to hold off for and wait for the price to come down because um, I never really got into Red Dead Redemption. Mm. I don't know what it is about Rockstar games. It, it's very rare that they actually hold my attention for very long. Well, any sort of open world game sometimes doesn't hold your attention for very long, does it? Really. I think that's a bit unjust. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> like Bethesda, for example. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I've, I finished Oblivion and the DLC pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I've actually completed another Bethesda game more recently than you as well. So come on, you can't say that. Which one was that? 
I can't remember, but there was one that I've yeah. recently played and completed because I raised this the other day when you, uh, the other week when you said to me about Bethesda. Yeah, well, the true Bethesda fans all play play Fallout anyway. That's by the by. Anyway. Yeah, get stuck in the in the scenery. Yeah, say you say. Anyway, <laughs> and then have a upside down fly backwards dragon in the in the sky. Yeah, that's great fun. I love, I love seeing, but I love seeing them and then fall out of the sky. It's great. <laughs> anyway, new releases. Sure, you're gonna. Are you gonna? I tell you, what, do you want me to do that and you do the chart? Uh, yeah, I'll do the chart. Okay, so on the 14th of the 8th, we have World of Warcraft: Battle of Azeroth. Obviously, on the PlayStation, not PlayStation. Sorry, on the on the PC from Blizzard. Uh, on the 17th of the 8th, we got two games. We got Dead Cells which we were just talking about, on the PS4 and the Switch, and we've got Hero Defense on the P- on the PlayStation 4. Mm. That's about it. And, yeah, no, it's nothing much else. No, it's a very quiet week. Yeah. Chart-wise, um, to be honest, I'm not even sure whether or not the charts... They haven't, have they? No. Well, we have. I, th- I don't think we had Grand th- uh, the number five. So Grand Theft Auto 5 is in at number five, up from number seven. The crew is two, is down from number three to number four. Up from number five to number three is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Staying at number two, again, is Lego The Incredibles. And at number one is Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. So that's... I, think many, I don't know if whether people aren't buying many games, therefore they just stay the same. Because the chart won't move. Well, with the except, well, to be honest, I, I, I think it's a lot of it's quite a kiddies chart. Other than Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. Apart from the fact that I do know people who you know let the kids play Grand Theft Auto Five at a much younger age. Yeah, because little Johnny's perfectly all right. He's just driving about in a car right up until he goes into the strip club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just don't even want to think about that, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly on. What have you been playing? So, because I'm interested in hearing about your first one here. So, so first of all, I completed the game in five minutes. And we're talking about We Happy Few. How did you complete it in five minutes? I took the pill of joy. So you sold out. Yep, yeah, I did, and I went woohoo. <laughs> So basically, if you remember the intro to the game, uh, you're there on a on this machine approving uh, different newspaper cuttings. Yeah. And after you do that, he, he says, you know, do I want to take my joy after after reading a certain uh, item in the news? And you can either take it or not. If you take it, credits, game over, and an achievement. <laughs> So, if but you want to get, go on. I, I, it isn't the whole point of it not to take it. That's right, but you're given the op- you're given the option to. Mm. Now, I'm sure most people just say, "I'm not going to take it and carry on with the game," but you're going to miss out on on whatever it was game score there. So, and and it was a a rare achievement as well. Give it that as well. <laughs> yeah, because most other people will not have taken the pill. No, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, the game for me now, obviously, because I had the game sitting on my Xbox and I've been playing bits of it 
it all start. The game actually started differently. There was a big update. I don't know how big the, the update was because I didn't take notice of it, to be honest. Mm. So the game kicked off. Um, load of introductions and, and, and screenshots and, and bits and pieces. And you go to start the game. And you're given quite a few options on how you want to play the game, first of all. Now, I thought I'd just play it as normal for now. But you can customise the game on how you want to to use the facilities, whether you're going to be using the idea that you want to eat more in the game, for example, to stay alive. Do you want permadeath on? Do you want it off? So quite a variation there than originally was there in the first place. So I kicked the game off and pretty much the game starts as it always has done when you're in that room and uh, you you go around doing some bits and pieces and you end up in a, in a room with everyone else thinking you're all happy and joyful and there's a party there with a piñata. Yeah. And when you bang the piñata, blood's everywhere and it's a, like a rat on the, on the table instead of a piñata full of sweets. So um, from there onwards... The game progresses exactly as it did before, which I, I don't want to say too much about it anyway, because obviously people may want to may want to give this a go. And to get out to the main world, once you've gone through this, these caverns and bits and pieces, it's pretty much the same as before. And it looks probably looks a bit better. And actually not noticing what I was doing at the at the time. There's certain parts of the game which weren't, it seemed more relaxed because it was, when I used to play that, it was, you know, you'd get caught and you'd, you'd get shot to bits by somebody and you'd end up dying and restarting the game at one point or when they updated it, you'd be able to just restart from your last save point or whatever. But there's a load of different things I've noticed. The, the crafting looks pretty cool still. So you have to craft, for example, bobby pins to lockpicks. Um, you've got vending machines. It's something very sounds very, very familiar to me, I, I can say that. Vending machines are full of crafting materials. Well, we had that before in the past, might I add. Mm. Very Bioshock idea. There are some collectibles. I saw, I picked up a collectible mask and it gave me a, a black and white short little bit of video footage about the person I am. So I'm assuming there's probably a lot of these scattered around, which can give you more of a backstory to your character. There's a skill tree involved in this as well, which has got combat, stealth, and something called super duper. And for some people that love to moan about hitting the X button and holding it to pick up things, you're going to do it in this game as well. So that's sort of the, a bit of the base of what you're having to play with. Now, I've only done a couple of hours. I've done the first couple of missions to get to a certain point in, in the map. Um, and I'm now stuck waiting to see how I've got to get into this, this castle area. I've got to get in there, but at the moment, I don't know how to do it. So um, I just sort of left it at that, really. So I just it was just really, I hadn't had a chance this week. I think it came out, did it come out Friday? I think it might have done. Mm. It was the 10th, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a few just a few days ago. So I haven't had chance really until now. I did. I so said I did notice when I got home the other night that 
the update was there, so I just energised that to carry on. And as I didn't, I had this quick sneaky play this afternoon. So, but it might be it might be your cup of tea. But it's a full price game now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, yes, it is. It's about fifty odd quid. Yeah, and I think I can't remember what I paid. Was it twelve quid? Something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as much as I I was burnt buying it, I'm probably gonna appreciate for buying it in the first place now. I mean, it looks it looks great. I love the I love the art, the architecture of the the way it all looks with with the, with the sort of the graphics of this sort of um, sort of Bioshock esque with a, like, a bit of Fable graphics thrown in as well. Mm. From my point of view, I think, and it, yeah, well, I say I will give it a if I do have an Xbox to play over the next week, I'll, I'll give it a bit more of a go and see where where it takes me. Yeah. In between playing Destiny, of course, but uh, it's. Um, you know, the, the pull on Destiny is there more at the most than most things. That's because of the moments of triumph. Yes. And going on to that, um, just I'd like to just uh, say shout out to Prudio1. Uh, we, we teamed up and we got my blue armour. Yeah, and you never invited me in. You weren't even online then. I was online. You were greyed out because we had a look. <sighs> You could have sent me a message, if it, you know, a Facebook message, are you on? <laughs> well, I don't know what you... Cause <laughs> you're ne- when I go on a lot at night time, you're, you're sometimes never there, so I'm assuming you're obviously busy. No, I might just be... I've switched it on, offline. You know, I'll sh- show myself as offline sometimes. Yeah. Just because once or twice I've had people bombarding me with um, uh, requests, it was... Uh, a friend of, um, well, a friend of my son's. Mm. He's like about twelve or thirteen, and he just about twenty. You know, come, you know, come to my uh, party sort of invites, and I just thought, oh, I'll just switch it offline. I can't be bothered. <laughs> I don't because because you can't. Well, you can't mute a player, can you, from sending them or from responding? But they've got a message from them. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame. So, but no, I, w- I would have been up for this. So, never mind. But I got my blue armor as well. You did, yes. And I have been on. To, I had a bit of a been on today, and I just sat there doing strikes for a couple of hours. Yep. Well, I had the chance, and I was after me polygraph parts for my doing the the DLC for the Osiris for the forging of of, of the weapons. And I was on the last box to do to get my last weapon. Well, I assumed it was my last weapon. I wasn't sure how it was going to go because if you've not seen the clock in the lighthouse where you forge your weapons, you've got it's a big clock there, and every time you forge your weapon, it goes yellow. So I knew I had one left to do. And obviously, at the same time, which was handy, was that the blue armor needs you to do heroic strikes. Yeah. So I was helping myself on that, as well as doing the uh one of the uh i can't remember it was arc i think it was void i was dealing with at the time so i was leveling up my void void kills and i've now completed all the curse of cyrus forging of weapons there's 11 in total and also i've got an exotic ghost at the end of it as well nice so that was nice to, that was nice to button that up with all those weapons and it just means 
trying to now go through all that scenario now with the blue red blue which i'm hoping it doesn't go to a, a, an exotic where you got to do it again i think it will do I hope they just give you as exotic and have done with it. I mean, I'll have to, I'll have to look on YouTube and see what it does. Well, it was a massive boost, wasn't it, from the green to the blue? Yes, and what's, what I thought was great was you actually you can put some different uh, colours on the on the armour. So you can personalise it. The shaders. Yes, you can personalise that, which is pretty cool. You can also put on the um, weapon mods as well. Or the suit. Yeah, that's right. And any of that. So you can get five extra uh, hit points on each yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Or levels. Right levels. So I think I was up to about 370, roughly. That's because you've got higher graded weapons. Yeah, than I like, yeah. I think because I, I was. I think I've got three. I think my, my Mida was 378. Along with my. One of my rocket launchers, I think. And a, another, another gun that was in my other right. In the Kinetic slot as well. Yeah, I, th- I think my highest uh, rated weapon at the moment is about three sixty one. Because yeah. it, but you've been playing it loads more. Yeah, than I that's have. what I've been been grinding up and and getting the uh, going through each week with the um, engrams, which obviously upgrade you mm. each time. But no, I'm really really enjoying it. I've enjoyed doing the the strikes. Although trying to get that last item I needed to complete the last um, part of the puzzle. They'd normally drop once every time you play a strike, but they didn't. <laughs> mm. And at one point, I was in—I was right at the end of a mission, and the two guys I was with bailed out on me. And this is the one where you've got—you've got the large Vex at the end, and he has the—he goes into different hiding with the force field, and he jumps around to different parts of the map. Do you know what that—that that one's quite easy to do as well. It's not like the one where you have the dip, the, where the floor disappears and the floor disappears again. You drop down another level, which is quite a hard yeah. one to do because the last bit that you don't have any real cover. No, so those two people bailed out at me. So I thought, well, I'll just hide and have a take a few pot shots. And the two guys that popped in helped me just clear it in about two or three yeah. minutes. And then I had one where you know the worm at the end of the last. Oh episode? God, yeah. I hate that level. And that was not too bad. That's not too bad if you if your supers are popping out all the time. It was all right. But yeah, I eventually got that. I was well chuffed to get that, that last mm. bit there. Uh, yeah, really, I just, the game as as, as even well, Prudy was saying, its game has come back to life really in a big way now. Mm. With all these little tweaks they've been putting into the game, uh, it's great. I just can't wait for the for the next update. I do think it what they've done though is a bit unrealistic for some of the stuff because there is one of the moments of triumph requirements is that you get to level 50 in the crucible yes in and if in order to get to level 50 if you played for 6 hours a day for 26 days and won every match you would score enough points to actually get that this weekend who is going to play that who, seriously, who is going to play that much Crucible? No one. Yeah, well, this weekend was, was I think, well, I wouldn't call it that. It was probably it was like a double PXP on, on Crucible this weekend. So that would probably help boost it. But also, there is an exotic ship, but you need to do three characters to get it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the grinding. And... 
Prudy actually, um, he actually gave me a tip he'd heard on, I think either on Reddit or somewhere. Is and I did this obviously because at the time he did it, so I'll quickly grab one before my mind turned blue. But if you if you take a set of green armor mm-hmm. and put it into your vault, and then when you're doing the blue, if you then attach it to you as a second set of armor, and then while you're in there, use your green, and then put your blue back on at the last minute, or something like that. You could probably cheese it a bit. That's a bit cheap. Yeah, I I can't. the The requirements are different on the armor, though, so I can't see how that's going to work. Yeah, well, I'll have another chat with him maybe later in the week. See what he said. But yeah, but other than that, yeah, I mean, they're not too bad. Looking at the, the what you got to do this time. Do you not think? I think it looks awful, and I don't know. I don't know if you've actually tried doing the heroic um, redux levels, but God, they are difficult. Well, obviously, with two people, with one person, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a. Oh, I don't. I think it's a bit of a no go, to be honest. It's a worse than a nightfall, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, a night. Ironically, the nightfall now is only level two seventy. Mm. So, in theory, it should be quite easy to do it solo. You would have thought so. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I don't know if you got much more to say about it, but I'm just loving it. It's, yeah, it's, I'm a. I think. Um, I think the thing that's destroyed it for me again was reading that article that said in order to be able to get that particular, that one of the requirements, you'd have to play it for that. I thought, well, that's utterly unrealistic. Unless you're somebody who doesn't work and all that you do all day is play Destiny, you're not going to ever be able to achieve it. Well, I know people that do work that have been sort of going through that. So depends maybe on what sort of a good player you were. I don't know. Well... Even even so, Bungie have said themselves have worked out how long it would take you to do, and that's six hours a day winning every game mm. for 26 days solid. Who's, who can do that? But level, but obviously let, getting to that Crucible level 50, a lot of them would have been closer anyway, probably, at the point this came out. I'm not so sure. No, because there's people that just play Crucible. Yeah, but it's this season. Yeah. But then this season has been going since it's been a couple of months out. So they'd have been just constantly playing the game. I think, you know, it's like... But I, I thought seasons were about three months. Possibly, but if they're playing that every day of the week. Because, you know, you know with um, with the factions, I think it might yeah. have finished now. I think... And I didn't really go sort of balls deep with it, but I'm, I've got to about level 27 with that. Out of 50. And I didn't really make it, I didn't break a sweat and I wasn't really doing it all the time either. So, you know, if, the, if that works the same way, any, you know, anyway, because you've got to do level 50 on that. Mm. I mean, Crucible, I'm, I'm, I think I'm level 11 and I don't know, I can't think what I'm called now. I'm on the, on the XP, every time you level, level around, you're given a new name as a character. Yeah. And you get to be fabled or mythic or some or whatever all these sort of different terms and terminology. Mm. But no, I I can't say any more than nothing. I mean, it's just great that this game's come back to life. Yeah, I know I know what you mean. I I just think it just makes a lot of it feel pretty unreachable yeah. for for normal players. You know, people who bob in and I out. I mean, you and I know that back in the day when we had the the books. 
there was a lot there to do. And obviously some of that you do anyway, or is it from your history of the last year? Yeah. But I never completed a whole book and I don't think you did either. So it's, you know, I'm not too fussed. Mm. I, I just cast back to the after the first year and how you, me and Chris worked our butts off. Yeah. And we were right down to the last day. We still didn't quite achieve everything that we were supposed to do. And I think now when it comes round, I thought I feel more like groaning mm. rather than anything else. You know, I think, Oh God, they're doing that again. And I know I'm going to get wrapped up into it. And then I'm going to be sort of like, you know, well, what do I do now? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, you know, when I, when I know that I'm not going to achieve it and then that just, that has a negative effect on me on the game, mm. is what I'm saying. So I don't know. I don't know what what uh, what the answer is because obviously they're trying to accommodate all types. Yes. Yeah. Well, what? Well, maybe it's to, just to do a percentage, you know, so that in order to have achieved, you have to do like I mean, if seventy or eighty percent of it. If I can get this done, if, well, if I hang out my Xbox and I can survive and get through August and get this done. Mm. You know, it may well be doable if if we are on most e- if we're on uh, in the evenings for a couple of hours. Yeah, just going through six six missions at the same time using your 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 your, your weapon slots and whatever you're going to use, whether it's void, arc, or you know, or solar to level those parts up. I say I've already done the three hero. I've done the mission three heroic missions this afternoon. Yeah, and I think to be honest, that's going to be that's an easy bit to do because if you want, if you're a lone person, more than not, you're jumping with two people that are probably a bit together. Mm. So it makes it easier sometimes to be in that position. I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, that, you know, if I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm not gonna gonna cry cry over this. I'm still enjoying the game. Yeah, a lot of the weapons you won't be able to use in the new updates anyway with the, with the new DLC mm. because they're going to be pretty much useless. But they are taking as is always the exactly, case. and they're taking some of them over anyway. I mean, every weapon at the moment I'm actually storing in my vault. If it's one I haven't got, it's in the vault. Just because when because if they're not going to be there again, they'll be gone. They'll be gone. It'd be nice to have a collection. This is a, a collecting game at the end of the day as well. Yeah, always has been. It's it's the OCD person's favourite game, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be the point of saying I've got to have one of each, you know, one void, one arc, one solar. Knowing you, you probably want two of each, so you've got a spare. Do you, do you know what? Because <laughs> it's 300 slots in a minute, isn't it, right? And I've got 266 slots used. So, but I've kept, I've got every ghost that I've collected so far. I've got every ship, every every bike, you know. Mm-hmm. As well as I've got two or three of the same. But where I've been going for the masterworks on the on the uh, on each of the parts of the of, of you know of, the, of what you're wearing. Yeah. So that's why I've got two of them in it. So I will be able to stream that down a bit, where. If I've got if I've got my highest one is a two two seventy eight, but the masterworks version is less, then I'll just infuse one to the other to get the masterworks up to that level. 
Mm. But you know, it's it's what you do, isn't it? <laughs> I I have to admit, masterworks have not looked at at all. No, because you because of, of the DLC with Osiris. I don't think you have, have you? I completed a campaign. Yeah, but you didn't even start the weapon forging, did you? No. Which has been great. I've really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed it, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not too much of a grind. That much. I don't mind playing Crucible, so therefore earning the bitch need when you when you get dropped in Crucible, and then heroic strikes. Then you're infusing them. To, once you've got ten of them, you infuse them together to give you another one that you put in you know, attached to the box, and so on and so forth. You know, mm. really, really good. I must admit, um, I mean, one of the requirements for upgrading to the blue armor was that you did so much crucible mm. and it was a grind as well and uh i didn't mind that to be honest because they had mayhem on that's right and that's my preferred um crucible mode so that your supers constantly shoot up quicker because yeah actually when i've got the supers on i, I, I actually do a quite a good job because, you know, I'll sneak up and then launch my superpower when they're all clustered and just wipe out the whole <coughs> team all in one go. Mm. You know, I've done that several times. Yeah, so so just quickly, without going too deep, looking at the, the, the armour we've got at the minute, so with, with the hood you've got to wear, your helmet, uh, void, void weapons kills 100% for me, nightfall completed to do and mission completed to do. Then the, 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 the gloves, I've done the three heroic strikes, but I've got art melees and a mission to do on that. The chest armor, um, 18% on solar grenade kills at the minute. Five crucible wins won't be difficult, and then the mission to do on that. The boots requires um, the spark redux completed, arc super kills, which I haven't started yet, and 10 adventures to do. So, you know, you could go through doing adventures one evening. Mm. And then the last bit, which is your um, your bond. Enemy kills, 500, which I've completed. <laughs> um, I'm 38% on solar at the minute, and there's a mission to do with that one as well. So, it's doable. But I need to, I need to go on YouTube to see what you've got to do if you have to pick up the exotic version and then roll that out yeah but yeah i yeah i sped it really so i wouldn't say too much now because people will be falling asleep uh yeah but i really love it really do what about yourself have you got anything else you want to have a chat about game wise that you've been doing yeah i mean it, this weekend was a free weekend for onrush oh, okay which is a racing game with a sort of difference in the fact that you don't race and right. uh, basically, you you just go round and round different tracks, um, and you build up boost by knocking off uh, ghost sort of cars or black mm. black cars, black motorbikes. That increases your boost. Doing jumps, doing wheelbarrows, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and you knock out your opponent, so you can take him down. And that sort of thing. And that's how you earn points. It's not about getting around the track the fastest or being the number one because it doesn't work like that at all. And it looks really, really quite attractive. I've not, I've not played long on it. 
Um, because like I said, it's a free weekend. And by the time I finished downloading it, it took, you know, it took a little while, um, because I was doing other stuff with my Xbox as well, but it looks really nice. And I've noticed that this is about £25 now uh, from places like Tesco. Okay. So it's quite good value for money overall. Um, but yeah, I, it was, you know, it's a, it's a, like I said, one of the, um, you know, free weekend players. So yeah. they're always worth actually keeping an eye out for when, when they come on, because I think they start from about a Friday, uh, well, Late Thursday, early Friday, and then run through till the Monday. Hmm. But um, quite enjoyable, you know, a different type of uh, game. It, it's more like a circuit version of Destruction Derby in a lot of ways <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. Um, because you just, you know, you're constantly smashing into other cars. You, if you, um, so you have your boost gauge, and then you have uh, another gauge when that gets up to the top. Then, you know, a, a light touch on another vehicle will completely wipe it out. Mm. And it'll go for like a fuzzy effect in terms of like speed as well, because it's, you're supposed to be going faster, but you don't catch up to the other cars no. still. Um, but it, it looks gorgeous. It plays really well and it's quite good fun. Um, whether or not I would have been as happy with it if I'd have like bought it for 50 quid when it first came out. I don't think I would have done. But in terms of something that is maybe one to look out for, when you're hitting that budget range of £25, which we are now with it or below, it's worth it investigating. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the other game that I've been playing, other than Destiny Mm. as well, is uh, I've still been on Battlefield 1. So I'm just sort of like dipping in and out a little bit, not been playing much of it, but... um, I did venture into the multiplayer, which was, um, you know, one of these control sort of ones where, you know, you've got various different points and you have to stop people from taking them over and completely enjoyed it. Very different. I mean, obviously it's very different to Destiny, but even just in, in every way it is different to Destiny because you're not, you don't have those supers. You don't have all of the jumping and whatever. I feel the map's much bigger. Mm. There's more players. Um, and also, if you work together, it it really does work a lot better if, you know, you're storming, um, you know, a location from two different points. And uh, I, th- I think I went up in one game about four ranks, three ranks, something like that, <laughs> which wasn't too bad all things considered, because I scored so much on it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and also finished off another one of the um, story campaigns. I've only got one left now, but the one I just completed was the Australian one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got Lawrence of Arabia to finish. I think I'm two out of three parts of that done. Oh, okay. So you've, you've been hammering it a bit then? Um, I wouldn't say hammering it. it. It's been more. I've been accessing it a bit more casually, but uh, it's like I said. I just don't know where this last week's gone. To mm. be honest, um, but when I've been playing it, yeah, and like I said, it is still on the pro that I've been playing it as well. Yeah, because I have to admit, I'm starting to get tempted by looking for a scuff controller for the pro. 
Oh, interesting. Mm. Because there is a new one that Scuff are releasing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the Scuff controllers, there are various different... Well, there's, there's two um, primary uh, sort of styles at the moment. There is the one which is the normal sort of style, which is the Scuff Infinity Pro. Mm. And then Scuff have also done one that is called the Scuff Impact. And that one looks more like, you know, that um, Xbox style controller that I reviewed a little while ago. Yeah. Um, that was an alternative that didn't have the headphone jack in. Well, it's a similar shape to that, apart from the fact that the D-pad is still in the PlayStation point and both of the thumbsticks are, you know, normal PlayStation positions on it. But it's the same sort of shape as that. So it kind of like, it looks like a merger between a 360 controller and a, you know, a PlayStation controller. Mm. Um but when you actually look at the configuration options on these, you start adding them up, boy, do they get pricey. <laughs> um, for this configuration that I wanted, which had the um, lock-in triggers, so that I did, you know, it the the trigger depth was less. Yeah. Um, one of the paint jobs, a different back, so that it, you had better grip on there. Um, and a couple of other things, you know, the the uh, magnetic rewiring of um, what some of the buttons, you know, the paddles do on the underside and that sort of stuff. Mm. You were talking about hundred and well, hundred fifty nine ninety nine on the base model, and if I actually went to um, the designs that I actually liked in terms of it, you it had gone vastly up to about one hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety. For mm. a controller. Wow. And evidently, they're about to release in America a new version of uh, of it, which looks like the Scuff Impact. Apart from it's more, the uh, stick layout is Xbox style. So we might finally have a really high quality Xbox style controller for the PS4. Mm. Yeah, well. But So I'm holding off to see. Um, how much that's going to be. But I'm also hoping that Scuff's going to be at Insomnia. <laughs> so we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the type of thing that they'll probably turn up to, mm. or they may turn up to. Um, but they have some really fantastic designs in controllers. And there's also ones where there's like specific, like YouTuber, you know, ones as well, where they've got involved with YouTube gamers. Right. And uh, also, they have locking and unlocking um, sticks. So, you know how you can just take off magnetically the um, elite ones? Yeah. Well, all of the scuff ones, you have something, you know, like a key that you put press down and turn, and you can change the sticks to whatever color you like mm. or whatever configuration, either the scuff ones or you can have the normal PlayStation ones or whatever. <laughs> Oh mate, it'd be nice to try something like that out, completely different. Yeah, just to see what that feels like. And well, that's what I want to do. Well, no, you know, like I said, hundred and sixty, a fifty-nine pound plus delivery mm. for um, the well, the impact one that is 
you can choose any out of all of these sort of things and we'll build it for £159 regardless. But all of the stuff that you really want, all of the like the nice shells and whatever, you have to pay more for. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, but they do, they do look absolutely gorgeous. So I'm that's I'm I'm very tempted, but I'm fighting the temptation at the moment because I also have to consider that we've got, um, well, I've got Edinburgh, which I've decided I'm going to go up and down in the day. <laughs> to be honest, to that event. Okay. Because I'll be back, you know, it's it's like three hours to Edinburgh for me, so I'll be back. Oh, is it? Yeah. You know, you know, for the podcasting one. Yeah, oh, right. oh that one. Okay, I'm thinking yeah. for, no, I was for thinking. No, for the November one. Yeah. No, I'm, I would be thinking that we'd be stopping the night. <laughs> Sleeping in the car overnight. <laughs> no, no, in a hotel, but there's a, there's a few cheaper hotels there, or hostels or whatever you want to do. Oh, it's about hostels or not. I have a bad experience with movies with them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and with that, shall we uh, make that as our segue to go to movies, TV and streaming? Yeah, let's do that. In quest of a better life. Okay, well, I don't have any news for movies, TV and streaming this week. Do you have anything that you want to bring up? I'll take it that's enough. I would just I'll just say one thing though. Yeah. Um I saw a post on Facebook where they it's it looks it keeps we keep getting these these little bits of news that is it Idris Elba is really gonna be the next James Bond? I hope <laughs> It's a difficult one, isn't it? No, it's it is not difficult at all. It is not difficult at all because James Bond is a white Scottish guy. He's wrote that way. And so, therefore, Idris Elba is not appropriate to play him. Just like you wouldn't stick there a white Othello or have John Cleese as the Queen of England. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And to be honest, this is nothing. Idris Elba is one of my favourite actors. I mean, obviously, in terms of the fact that Bond is white and he is not is the issue. But it's yeah. the reason why I don't think he's appropriate is not because he's black. If he was, you know, a white guy, you know, if, if the only difference is, is the colour of his skin there, I think he'd be p- perfectly fine for the part. But there's this argument, and this, this is something that goes on online an awful lot. You know, you see these arguments coming up about yeah. it's being racist. It's not being racist. When a, when a part is wrote in a specific way, I, I know that's what you the mean. part... I- yeah, you know, and it, and it and the people say, well, why can't you know he play it? It's, yeah. it's got nothing at all to do with anything other than the fact that how it was originally wrote, because the the character was based on Ian Fleming, who was also a white, you know, like lower upper class sort of bloke in term, you know, in terms of that. And it's just it it's not to do with him as an actor. He's absolutely brilliant. I love the stuff that he's in, hmm. but to me, changing something to make it fit the actor takes yeah. it away from the source material too far. And also, it's kind of, you know, a, a lot of people say it's insulting that, that he can't do it. I don't think it is. I think it's insulting that we can, it's kind of like after years turning around and saying, well, we can have a black actor do it. No, yeah. that's not right. Why can't he have his own 
thing. You know, why can't, why does it have to be James Bond? Why, why can't he be another 00 agent and let's just move away from James Bond? Let's have 008 or 006 or whatever or 001. Hmm. You know, it could be a spin-off film about, you know, about, you know, the security service and have him as the main star. He would be absolutely fantastic. The only other thing that's going up against him as well is his age. Because isn't he about the same age as Daniel Craig? I don't know. Well, then again, remember, Daniel Craig has been doing this for 10 years, believe it or not. I know, but it needs some... (laughs) It needs somebody in the in the early thirty, I'd say late thirties, early forties, mm. and I think that Daniel Craig's about as old as I am. Yeah. So Idris Elba is uh, forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel Craig, he's oh, he's actually a bit older than me. He's fifty, but that still doesn't leave him a lot of time to <coughs> be. I always thought he was the same age as me. Um, it doesn't leave leave him a lot of time. To, to be a Bond, mm. you know, it's only sort of like five or six years because once you start hitting over that 50, you know, I, I'd have thought a better, you know, well, somebody said a, a better, act, you know, better actor would have been um, Tom Hardy, but I can't see that. He's a bit too, I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, the, depending on who they choose and, and who's available for a contract is, is always an issue. Yeah. Um. Who would I rather like to see in there? Um, who would I like to see playing that? I'm trying to think who. Um, possibly, let me think. It'd have to be very British, first of all. Mm-hmm. What about what about Tom Hiddleston? Well, I've said Tom Hiddleston right from the start. To me, he has. You know, after you looked at him in Night Shift. Hmm. I, th- I think he's got what it takes, and he's and he does carry that that look that is, I think, more in keeping with the books than Idris would ever be able he ha- to achieve. He, ha- he has got that what's he has got that suave debonair look about him, hasn't he? That what but, he's Bond. But Idris Idris Elba's a suave debonair kind of guy, and but and, and I think, but also you know he, he's he's such a good character, mm. and it. And I hate saying that I don't think he's right for Bond based on the fact that he's a black guy, but that's the only reason why, because the character is white, and not because of him, but because of the character. Yeah. It's it, And that's not being discriminatory. In a matter of fact, I believe that under legislation, acting is one of those areas where you can't, you know, you're not being discriminated against because of that sort of thing. Mm. You know? Yeah, true. But... I don't, it is difficult. I mean, one of the other ones that I was wondering was uh, Henry Cavill. No, why? Look at look at him in the Man from Uncle. I don't know. Too beefy. Why is he too beefy? You, all I'm saying is when I was witnessing in another movie, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, he seemed very wide. And maybe I don't know if it's a good camera shot or what, but he seemed. It just seemed too much of a bigger carrot, bigger person. Bond's always been this sort of, I'm not going to say slim, but he had that, you know, that certain build. And Henry Cavill hasn't got that build. Okay. What about Michael Fassbender? Possibly. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it's, right. it's who's available, isn't it? Well, let's face it, they, they clear the schedule for this sort of thing. Yeah. What about Ryan Gosling? Is he British? Does it matter? I think it does. I know American accents, Americans can put a good British accent on, and there's a few that can do that very well. 
but it's a British institution, and I think it should be a British actor. Okay. Christian Bale. No, he's Batman, and that's <laughs> nothing else he can be. I'm Batman. He is, yeah. <laughs> All right. How how about he's, he's one right off the wall? What about Jason Statham? No. No. I could do the action absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he could do, but no, I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know if Tom Hiddleston is much, I don't know what age he is. I don't think he's that old, is he? I mean, the thing is, I think that Tom Hiddleston's got the look. Mm. I can't stand him. As, you know, oh, really? In terms, well, he's 37. Well, that's, I mean, that's probably because if you're going to get, if they're going to get another, um, if they're going to get another bond in, maybe for the next 10 years. Yeah. That would put him in at say forty-seven. Wouldn't be bad. You- yeah, I, I, I. To me, I, I still, I think all of this with Idris, with the greatest of respect to Idris. Like I said, I think. Oh he's yeah, a fantastic he's a, no, actor. no, no. Don't get. We, we, there's no prejudice in in this in any shape or form. It's just what we're. Uh, I, th- I think we're traditionalists, aren't we? We like Bond the way that we've always grown up with. Oh, Bond. absolutely. I think and. I know that there's changes in the world in, in the ways of acting with actresses, with, with, with the males, and how everything is perceived now in a different PC world that we, we live in. But this is the point, though, isn't it? Because this is social justice gone bananas. Yeah. All, all of it, you know. But if it was the other way around, it would be, it would be accused of as being wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and this is this is what is unjust. You know, I mean, it's like we've got a new female Doctor Who. You know, after I'm, forward, 13... I'm actually looking forward to that. See how that's going to pan out. To be honest, but, but that's another that's, that's that's another chat for another night. <laughs> yeah, well, you and I have very diverse sort of opinions on that kind of thing. <laughs> should we um, should we move on because we could be just rambling all night on that one? We we could we could be because it's I think it's you know it's it's it is a shame. Uh, but I I can't see why they can't make him a new series of films to do. Mm. You know why do we have to have Bond all the time? What to be honest, I've not been enjoying Bond since Daniel Craig's taken over at all, and I'd be quite happy for Bond to go and be put to rest, and somewhat something someone new came in. Personally, and that's been a lifetime. I don't think I don't fan. think Eon Productions would agree with you. No, because they want to earn money. Let's face it; they don't care about Bond. They care about making films that they're going to get profit out of. But in terms of anything else, mm. you know, it it'd be absolutely fantastic if you you could have a really good series of films <clears> with Idris Elba or whoever in. But I mean, it's funny because there are there have been obviously we've had to change over the years with Bond. Um, it's sort of a a thing we look forward to seeing who the next Bond's going to be. Where in the background, where we've had little changes with other characters, but no one really says much about that. We've had different Felix Lighters. Uh, well, there's, there's been a Black Felix Lighter, hasn't yeah. there? And then there's nothing the matter with that. And at then all. when you had when Who's... you had Bernard Lee playing M, which is the only person that should be playing, but playing M, uh, you know, we 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 ended up with uh, with a woman playing M at one point, didn't we? 
Well, for more than one point. As a matter of fact, I think she played M more than actually Dame Judy Jones played M more than the original the, M played and Bernard M. Lee. Yeah, because I, I yeah. think Bernard Lee. I don't know how it comes. I'll have to look at it later. But um, I remember. I, I'm trying to think. What can I remember? I mean, I can remember. I mean, you only live twice, and some of the early Roger Moore ones. So we go. There's quite a fair few in he was that he was in. Yeah, but. So you think about it, Dame Judi Dench was there from um, GoldenEye right up until Skyfall. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. That's oh, all the Pierce Brosnan I ones. I have to Google who's been there the longest. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, but that was Dame Judi Dench. And to be honest, M was a character that was transitional. Yeah. You know, because M was a designation. Mind you, like 007 is a designation, so why not? Let's have, here's the, here's the answer, let's have 007, but it's not James Bond, it's a different character. And then let's get Idris Elba in, because he would be fantastic in that sort of film. Mm. But he, he isn't James Bond, but he can be 007. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then that'd work. Because, you know... Is is it about James Bond or is it about the role of 007? I I know what you mean. I mean he I mean he died in 1981, so he probably did get a few few under his belt. Yeah, but he wasn't in all of the ones anyway. Um, no, because Doctor No, Doctor No, I think then he referred to him. Yeah. So I was just thinking about when he said Doctor No. I was thinking about the Alan Partridge. Did one. you like that? Yeah, we've got to mention it. Because oh. obviously that that was from an episode. Um, it was, uh, but it. So, so go on. Earlier today, Steve sent me a, a YouTube clip of Alan Partridge um, annotating the opening of um, the Spy Who Loved Me, which I think I had to give it to you because it's one of your favourite Bond movies, isn't it? So. It is. It is my favourite Bond yeah. movie, absolutely. And also, I loved Alan Partridge as well. But I, what I was when you said about Doctor No, there, I was thinking about Alan Partridge in the episode. Says, "Well, if it was uh, made up where you guys are, it'd be Doctor No." He was saying about Timothy Dalton. He was he was trying to put that accent on, and it was, you know, it's it's class, absolutely class. Yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, but. Uh... Anyway, come on, let's, let's keep this meat moving. All right then. So in that case, then let's have the uh, new releases at the cinema. So not much really. On the sixteenth of August, we've got Christopher Robin, um, which has Obi Wan Kenobi in it. You and McGregor. Oh, okay. Um, and he's Christopher Robin. Evidently. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw. This is a live action movie as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. But I must admit, I don't think that Pooh Bear looks like Pooh Bear. Looks far too scruffy for a start-off. Yeah. But whatever. Um, 17th of August, we have the film that needed no sequel, The Equaliser 2. Saw the trailer for that yesterday. Yeah, I still don't like Denzel Washington. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know, he, he just... He, I much prefer Wesley Snipes to Des- Denzel Washington. I don't know why. Out out of the two, I think that Snipes is a better actor. Yeah. Having said that, what was that one he was on with uh, Chris Pine? 
where it was a um, this a train that wouldn't stop. Oh, yeah, I know the one you're on about. Yeah, yeah, that I really enjoyed that film. That's one of the I haven't one seen of the that films for donkeys, I actually enjoyed. Actually. It's, worth, it's worth a rewatch. That it is. It, it is a really good, enjoyable film. Is that one actually? That in that that's actually one of my favorite Denzel Washington movies. Mm. Um, and then what's the other one? Uh, that one where it's time travel. Uh, that he does. Is it on the train? Can I get confused? No, that's not him. It's not that one, is it? Um, no, I know the one that you're, uh, thinking It's the guy of, that, he's, yeah, it, it was the guy that was in, um, one of those disaster movies, wasn't it? That was on the train. Yeah. Deja Vu that's it. is the one I'm thinking yeah, okay, of. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking of. He's, I I quite enjoyed him in that, but uh, and that other uh, the one about the train was unstoppable. Yes. So th- th- I think they're t- my two favourite Denzel Washington movies. Mm. Um, and God's Not Dead: A Night in Darkness. I don't know what that one is. I've not seen any trailers for that. No, no, I, I've not I've not heard about that one before. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do the DVD I'm and Blu-ray that I picked them out? I'm just looking at There's not a lot there, but I, I will mention one, if that's all right. Go on, then. Step to and Son, the American pilot episode, which... That's one of them I've balded. <laughs> which I love Step to and Son from the British point of view, which what we had, which was by um, probably from one of our greatest... Um, writers at the time when it came out yeah. um, but the American version is going to be awful <laughs> it's going to be dreadful I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to keep open minded but I can't see the British humour doesn't work the same well it didn't for 40 Towers for example did it because they did they transitionized that over okay I think the office worked very well for some reason that I think that that was okay mm. but but you know, <laughs> but that was because of Steve Carell. He's absolutely fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's such a good sense of humour as that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, Quiet Place. That's the interesting one because I've not seen that. No, I really want to see that, and evidently it's sort of like completely, you know, silent for most of the movie. Yes, and when and actually, it's got the guy off the office on there as well. He, the one who played Martin Freeman's yeah, role, because he's married to. The, the leading lady in that movie. Is he? I think it's... Yeah, I'm sure if... I remember watching uh, Graham Norton when the film came out and they had them both on there, both on there. Yeah. And they were just chatting, they were chatting about The Office, obviously, and about how they work with their children because they're both act, you know, an actor and actresses doing their, their stuff. But yeah, I, I apparently it, it would have been better to see this in in the cinema because there'd be people trying not to munch their popcorn when it's deadly quiet. Yeah, but my actually my 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 daughter she I don't know how she saw it, God knows, but yeah, she said she quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But we'll let you guess on how she saw that because <laughs> <laughs> she's only sixteen, bless her. Yeah, well, I've been looking forward to a quiet place to come out. Yeah, to be honest. Um, not want to be able to watch with my wife or son around because they could talk constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So some other uh, good ones as well is The Blacklist Season 5. If you're into The Blacklist, of course. Yes. But it's a good... Yeah, I quite enjoyed that as a series. I don't, have you watched it? No. I'd probably... If I, had, if I had the time, maybe I could start watching it on Sky and show it they're all there. You, you do... You know what it is? Not off the top of my head, no. I couldn't without having to double check. <clears throat> um... Well, basically, it's about uh, an ex-government agent named Raymond Reddington, who's been work, you know, who's been a fugitive for years, um, gets in contact with the FBI to um, help him, or help them take down a blacklist of people, and it's got James Spader in it. <clears throat> okay. I I think you'll enjoy it if you watched mm. it. To be honest. Um, anyway, the other one that's in there is The Expanse Season 1. Which is, that's on Netflix, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it looks, uh, well, I've, I've seen a bit of it. it. It's quite good, but I've not got in, got the hook into it yet. Yeah, yeah. So. I tell you what, anyway. I tell you what, talk about future Blu-rays. Mm. November is going to be Star Trek Discovery. Yes. But I don't think that'll be 4K. That'll just be a standard Blu-ray, I, I think. Oh, God, imagine if it's 4K. <laughs> I'd have to look into that, but I, I, they didn't, I don't think it was mentioned about it. It just said it was coming out. Well, if it said Blu-ray, then it's not UHD, is it? No. Such a shame. But because they'll be wanting us to buy the 4K, the uh, Blu-ray version so that in a year's time they can say, and here's the 4K version. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> these, we, these companies are good at that, aren't they? We're wise to their wily ways. Mm. So do you want to do the chat? Yep. So number five, we've got Hotel Transylvania 3 and Monster Vacation. Um, believe it or not, these three movies have been... Adam Sandler's most profitable movies. Yeah, a lot of people don't like him nowadays, do they? <laughs> they don't. But no, they they they've been making a fair bit of money. Um, for I'd heard, what? I heard. I don't know whether or not this is true, mm. but I'd heard that Adam Sandler had actually um, moved to Durham. Really, really. Durham, 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 Durham. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's where the Pink Panther learned his trade, wasn't it? Durham, was, yeah. Durham, 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 Durham. Durham. <laughs> Four is The Incredibles 2. Um, three, down from two, is Mission Impossible Fallout. And you can tell us all about oh, this one. Oh, mate, what a movie. Um, number two, up from three, is Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Oh, and at number one, the movie you're, you saw this week, which is Adam Ant. Adam Ant. Adam Ant. Ant. <laughs> Prince Ant and Charming. Yeah. <laughs> Class. So... Yeah, Adam Huntman and the Wasp, <laughs> not Adam Ant. <laughs> Got me to it now. <laughs> go on, do you okay. the DVD charts then? Go on. DVD, yeah, we're so professional, aren't we? Here DVD we are. charts. At number five, we have Tomb Raider. Uh, up from uh, five to four, we have Thor Ragnarok. At three, staying there is The Greatest Showman. At number two, down from one is Peter Rabbit. And at number one, John Voyager will be very happy. It's Pacific Ring. Oh, Rim Uprising. So there we yeah. go. I'm surprised, actually, because that's been out for a few weeks, why it's taken so long as a new entry. Mm. To be honest, that's a bit weird, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, so 
Should we swiftly move through to the next bit? Yeah, do you want to do uh, what you've been watching this week? Okay, so what I've not written, what I've got, I would say, I'm, I won't put this on notes bit, but I did actually go back and watch an old shark movie this week. I actually watched it last night. And that was the uh, the one that's set on a, on a station at, at sea. And do you know what? It suddenly well, just gone well, right it, out I of didn't, my brain. I didn't, think, I didn't think it was going to be set in a station on land. No, but <laughs> it's, it's set, they're set on an experimental station at sea. Is this the one with, is it Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. If you is remember, it Lawrence Fishburne or is it... Bone. Um, <laughs> what? Is it Fishbone? No, it's Fishburne, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, only about two people actually survived the shark attacks during this movie. And there is a sequel as well, which I didn't know one existed. As you're going to remind me what this movie's called in a minute. Well, if it, as long as it's Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> and not fish... Fishbone. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure it's Lawrence Fishburne? I I don't know. Have a look on your internet movie database. Let's be so unprofessional about it. You haven't even told me what the title of the movie is. I can't remember. (laughs) That's a weird name for a movie. (laughs) Oh, I just... I'm terrible at the moment. I think it's because I've had too much Coke over the weekend. Coca-Cola, I hope you mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because otherwise that's got a completely different connotation and it's not suitable for the show. Yeah. I don't oh. know. I don't know what this film is that you're. That oh, you're right, on about. Right, look, look, this is going to be so unprofessional. So Steve's watched a film that was so good he couldn't even remember the title of it. Yeah, starring Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we've got to get a grip on this show, haven't we? Oh yeah, with dogs barking in the background. It's actually <laughs> Fishburne, actually. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> It's called Deep Blue Sea. That's it. That reminds me of myself. Okay. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No. I haven't. It's it's all right. It's actually, I'm going to say it's CG sharks, CGI sharks in this one. Right. Going back to 1999. Yeah. And it's actually Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a completely different actor. No. Is it? Oh, I yes, don't know. it's, it's, just, it's uh, not. Should long, I just? Should it's we just not quit Morpheus. This? Should we quit? Should we quit? Should we quit podcasting now? <laughs> well, it explains why I couldn't find what the movie was, doesn't oh, it? Really, dear. because you know you were going for it was Morpheus, and it wasn't at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear, I'm dreadful sometimes. I think it just goes like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're saying that we were having a we were having a not a bit of an argument. There's another, one of the guys in the movie, um, his name's uh, Michael Rapport. We're all saying we've seen him somewhere. I went, let me look on movie, in that movie database. So we're scouring through it, and I couldn't find it. But then I googled, we googled his name, and he'd been in pri- um, Prison Break. But when you go to his in that movie database, it's not in there. Yeah, I always put it as read that that the you know in that movie database he's pretty much up to date, mm. but we couldn't actually find it. But anyway, regardless of that, it's a great it's a great shark movie, well worth a watch if you've got it. It's on Sky at the moment. 
if you got if you got the movie, you can download it there and just play it to your heart's content. It's well worth and, a watch. And the sequel is originally take Deep Blue Sea Two. Two, I know. <laughs> I'm not even going to look to what that's all about. Uh, anyway, I would, I would say it's probably about Deep Blue Sea and sharks. Yeah, yeah. Just a wild stab in the dark guess. <laughs> And I don't know if Jules uh, Winfield will be in there as well. You know, Samuel L. Jackson. Fishbone. Fishbone. Uh, it's <laughs> classic, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so I did watch Scanners this week, which I picked up on, on eBay. And uh, when I, I, just, I just love that David Cronenberg movie. If you haven't seen it, I, it's not really that, that really much available on Blu-ray too much. I think you have to hunt it for a bit. Yeah. But it, 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 it's an early 80s movie about people that are telepathic that can make people's heads explode. Michael Ironside's the baddie in there. He's a great baddie as usual. Um, just a great movie. Really love it. It's, it may seem a bit dainted now, but it doesn't bother me at all. The, 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 the Blu-ray transfer looks pretty good. So, yeah, that one's really cool. Did Not you know, did, here's a thing, did you know that the exploding effect of the head was accomplished by filling a latex head of the actor with dog food, leftover lunch, fake blood and rabbit livers and <laughs> shooting it from behind with a 12-gauge shotgun? Do you know what, it is such a great effect. Now, we, I know we're going to chat about CGI later, maybe, but... But that's not CGI, that's practical. No, practical effects are the best. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that one, and and I, I won't go into the. Actually, it'd be worth. I'll, I'll have to look at the special features to see if there's anything on the special effects for the the end fight sequence between two scanners. But mm. it's eye popping. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah. So yeah. So. Ready Player One. It was on the cuff. My daughter said she hadn't seen it. I was insane because at the time getting a couple of pizzas so it happened to fall in my um, basket <laughs> oh look at how that happened I don't know how that got there honestly yeah. the transfer is really good I was well impressed with that is it true for care I have not looked into that is it have you looked it up no I haven't but, I am doing yeah, now I, though <laughs> I, can hear those, I can hear you going like that so I think yeah I mean, I enjoyed watching it for about probably about the third or fourth time. Um, I wasn't. I was more relaxed watching it. I wasn't looking out for anything that I hadn't seen before. Uh, just, just slowly sat and enjoyed. It's one of those films you can always put on. Doesn't matter if you put it on halfway through or anywhere in the movie. You just sit and you carry on watching it. Mm. You know. Uh, unfortunately, they're all a bit pricey at that uh, when they come out at the moment. Still, they're not. Uh, down in price as much, but you do get you, you do get a a, uh, a code for a digital version. You got the Blu-ray as well. So I suppose that's how they warrant twenty five quid these days, isn't it? Yeah, I must admit, I'd rather they, they reduce the price and just give you the Blu-ray disc. Sorry, the the four K disc maybe, but I don't mind having both because it's handy that I can, you know. I've, sometimes I've actually lent the Blu-ray disc at one of mine before and someone's watched it, you know? Yeah. And then obviously the digital version, which these days I've got a little few to download and I haven't really made my, You've done that recently, but I really need to, to get hold of that grips of that and, and probably download them. 
so I do have a copy of some of his movies. Mm. But it's just, it's, I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago when it came out, to be honest. Well, it wasn't that long ago. It was only a few months back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just a great movie, a great feel-good movie, I think. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, I got this uh, as well. Um, but to be honest, I've only actually watched the digital download version of it just because it wasn't appropriate for me to sit where I would normally watch my 4K movies because we've only got one TV in the house that's actually capable of playing them anyway. Yeah. Um, so I've yet to try it out on 4K, which is a bit of a shame. Oh, I'm sure you get a chance, though. I'm sure I will. Have you looked at the... I mean, I don't often do it these days, but some of these, this sort of movie is worth looking at, the special features. Anything? Did you have a look I haven't, at I haven't looked. I haven't looked. No. Okay. So, Saturday, went to see Mission Impossible Fallout. And what am I going to say about this film? What a movie. Thoroughly enjoyed this. I think... If you've got to see a Mission Impossible movie, you've got to see it in the cinema. Right. Because it's just, it was fantastic. You you have seen it, haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, I want to see it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to say. In a minute, I could just, I'll praise Tom Cruise to the hilt. And I will retract to last week's question and say, who would I want to meet? I think it would be Tom Cruise. That guy. he's, He's mad as a box of frogs. It's being mad, but he is such a professional actor. It's unbelievable. Uh, without going into too much detail, the story is about these these nuclear spheres that have gone walkies due to one of their missions going pear-shaped. And they're out there to get these spheres back before they get detonated in, in these special devices. Um, takes him across all sorts of places, uh, with, with some great stunts in there. Um, the director, actually, the director for this movie did the last one, which I think is pretty much appropriate because it's like, a, it, you probably could call it a sequel, to be honest. Mm. And that I won't say why, but that that's how I would look at it. And this is going to be up there for me. I don't know about you with how you rate the movies. I've always found, I've always, I've always, I think my favourite's always been the first one. I've enjoyed the whole series of them, to be honest. Mm. And I'll put this one up there as one of the best ones out of out of the whole series. Um, Tom Cruise is stunts, and what he did to to make this film is unbelievable. As we know, he broke his leg at one point, didn't he? Yeah, very when- badly, wasn't it? It looked unnatural the way that he's ankle had twisted yeah and i'll put it into here i actually showed my daughter um a bit of vr with with the samsung gear Mm. and what i found we went on to we went on to the samsung vr app and there was three little specials to do with mission impossible fallout and I mean, if you've seen the trailer, I'm sure, haven't you? Yes. So you've seen there's, a, there's going to be a helicopter chase at some point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And what they do is that you're watching it from the perspective, um, you're, you're, you're hearing 
some voices, voiceovers from from the director, the special and the special effects, but the, the stunt guys and well, say the stunt coordinator, shall I say, and Tom Cruise, and he's hanging upside down under a helicopter. This Tom Cruise does this himself. He's just awesome. And the way the camera's pitched from what you're watching in VR is you're alongside him underneath the helicopter. Right. And it's pretty impressive on showing you how this stunt, some of these stunts were done. And in another one, you're sitting in a helicopter with him while he's flying the helicopter. And not knowing is that he's, before this film come to, to release, for 14 months, he was learning to fly a helicopter for this movie. And how do you call for dedication for that? To be honest, I think out of all of the actors, he's got one of the <clears throat> most dedicated work ethics. God, he has, yeah. You know, he, he, is, he, he really does go that extra mile, I think, for the parts that he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a fun ride action movie, like all the Mission Impossible movies are. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of comedy thrown in there. At one point, there's, you know, there's a, there's an oh my god moment in there and stuff, and it's just utter, utterly fantastic, and it's just a roller coaster ride. Henry Cavill with that tash, I got used to it. <laughs> I expected him to get a, get his shirt off and fly, <laughs> as if he was Superman. Yeah. But it was okay. Um, they obviously brought about a lot of characters again. Obviously, Simon Pegg's in there playing Benji again. And uh, there's um, a few other returning characters, which I won't talk about. Um, but it, it is such a fantastic movie and worth watching at the cinema if you get the chance. The soundtrack this time lended more to the 60s as well because they had a lot of the some of the little snippets of how that soundtrack went for the TV show as well. Which come memories come flooding back for that, and oh god, it's just it's just a great movie. I I actually showed my daughter some she she'd not seen any of the other movies, so I started showing her. I think it was Mission Impossible Two, with uh, is it Seymour Hoffman? Mm. He's the bad guy in that one, but I just I can't praise I, I, Tom Cruise. He's 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 top man for me. Uh, whether or not this is the last uh, Mission Impossible, who knows. I mean, at the moment, he's, he's dealing with Top Gun now, so we look forward to that. And I'm sure he'll be flying them planes in that movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I say, if, you, if you've seen the movie and you, if you've got a bit of VR to do, check out those little little stunt coordinations they show you. Uh, really interesting to see that. And, uh, yeah, I can't... Honestly, this is my movie of the year for me so far. Mm-hmm. Just utterly fantastic. It's just heart-wrenching. Some of these scenes of chases, bikes, cars, helicopters, trucks, you know, everything. Yeah. You know. Am I right in thinking that this deals with a lot of the after effects of the previous one? It does, because the director, yeah, as the director did the last movie, yeah, it's all, all it all knits together, shall we say. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say. Right. But, uh, but I loved the last one. Was fact was very good as well. Okay. You know, but uh, you, if you get a chance to go and see it, I would recommend it. Yeah. 
I know you get to go to more cinema than I do these days, but uh, I won't, I don't get to go that often, to be honest. Hmm. But unfortunately, it was it was in it was in like screen six for me, which wasn't too bad. But the eye sense sound and that everything was there, and it was just cracking up that that cranking that noise up. Hmm. You know, and seeing Tom run across London the way he did it was oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he has a big love for London, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves he, he loves coming to the UK, doesn't he? He yeah. gets a lot out of it, and and the scenes in France as well—they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant as well. But overall, just a great movie. Really was. I can't I can't praise this film enough. I'd give it I'd give it at least a ten out of ten if I was going to rate it. You know. Mm. So yeah, that's me really. Okay. So, how was Adamant? <laughs> well, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, this this is obviously the latest in the Marvel um, movies and follows on um, a couple of years after uh, the events of Civil War. Hmm. So, uh, Paul Rudd, a.k.a. Ant-Man, is... Um, <clears throat> basically under house arrest for breaking the Kosovo Accords mm. and helping um, Captain America to, you know, do whatever, you know, whatever in terms of civil war. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's, uh, he, he got arrested and put under house arrest uh, and Michael Douglas's character and, uh, and, Jellica Lily or whatever her name is, her character, they're both sort of like are now wanted fugitives. Mm. Um, and anyway, it's three days before his, um, end, you know, his end of his parole, his uh, house arrest part of his uh, incarceration. Mm. And as you can imagine, that's sort of where the jeopardy comes in for him because, you know, he suddenly, um, thrown back into the world of Ant-Man. Yeah. Because um, he has this very vivid dream of um, the, well, um, the Wasp's mother, you know, Michael Douglas's uh, wife, who was lost, uh, you know, in the quantum realm. Um, has He has this very vivid um, message from her. And yeah. he immediately <clears throat> contacts Hank to, you know, played by Michael Douglas to say, I've had this really weird dream, blah, blah, blah. And then he doesn't really know why he's done it. And he breaks up this hidden phone that he's had because, you know, the FBI keep going in and raiding his house and whatever. And, you know, to see if he's uh, breaching his parole conditions. Hmm. And anyway, um, the next thing is he gets abducted by the wasp um you know she takes off this you know um sensor on his ankle bracelet and then they go off and that's where the story all sort of erupts from because you know he was building up a relationship with her as well and the reason why he's lost contact with her and uh, her father is because he took the ant-man suit to go and help captain america and didn't ask permission to use it right so they're a bit peed off with him hmm. um and th this 
it fits within the Captain America storyline, especially if you if you watch the end credits right till the end, there is something that happens that it directly ties into what happened with Thanos. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that because you haven't seen Infinity War yet and I <coughs> want you to see that and then, you know, we'll do mm. a spo- we will do a spoiler discussion on that and we will put that very plainly you know, that we'll, we'll you know, uh, do a spoiler discussion. So in terms of um, all of that, it fits in very nicely into there. It also explains why Ant-Man isn't up there with you know Captain America and Iron Man and everybody else fighting Thanos. Yeah. So it sort of deals with that in a in a bit more of a subtle way. And to be honest, given the type of character that Ant Man is, is probably fitting as well. Mm. Although it doesn't it doesn't reference it directly. It gives you the context that you can understand why he wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. That's because of his incarceration. Incarceration. That's not a big you know, a big spoiler in any way, shape or form. Um, so this film, the fight scenes in it are absolutely brilliant because it's, you know, there's uh, bits with the wasp where, you know, she's um, fighting a load of uh, bad guys, you know, right at the beginning of the movie. And she's, you know, shrinking down, getting big, shrinking down, getting big all the time, doing, you know, all of these kicks and moves on the mall and that. And it, so good really enjoyable it's one of those films that it's a standalone product in the marvel universe but all ties into the same universe at the same time and it doesn't take itself too seriously Hmm. you know it it may i don't think the film in any way makes any bones about you just there for fun with ant-man and the wasp yeah. And uh, but not Adamant and the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know, you you're just there for fun to really kind of enjoy it. Mm. And as long as you take it for that, you'll enjoy it. If you're expecting it to like massively progress the Marvel universe or you want really no comedy of very serious acting, don't watch it. You won't excuse me, you won't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Um but if you're just, you know, wanting a bit of a rompy film that's got loads of action and is fun, this is, you know, what, what one of those Marvel films that you really want to watch mm. for that purpose. You know, um, diff- completely different type of film um, to Black Panther, which was superb, gave lots of background about Wakanda and about the character of Black Panther for those who weren't as aware of him in, you know, the Marvel universe. So it was a superb movie for that and set up elements of infinity war as well. But this one, it doesn't, it doesn't need to reference any of the other movies. It's just itself contained little adventure. That's really quite fun. Hmm. Um, good, good humor, <clears throat> and you know, and everything. And you know, Paul Rudd when he's playing his character, he comes across as just an, which is what his character is, an everyday Joe who's forced into this world of the extreme, 
Mm. And he has to kind of cope with it. And really all he is is a dad who just cares about his daughter. Yeah, yeah. So... But it's well worth well worth seeing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you've got, you've got another one in here, actually, which I have I, well, I haven't seen it in 4K, actually. The Secret Kingsman? Mm. Yeah, it looks really good. I don't know whether or not it's an upscaled one. By the way, Ready Player One is. All of the Oasis stuff was shot in 2.8K. Right. And uh, evidently the live action sequences were mastered in 2k despite being recorded in 35 mil mm. so to me ready player one it should have all been 4k that i can't see any reason why it shouldn't have been a true 4k movie yeah yeah um but uh kingsman the secret service yeah mm. i uh picked this up uh it's quite it's one of the cheapest 4K UHDs now. How much pay for it? Thirteen ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, I've got. I've not seen the sequel yet, um, but I do have it on my Skybox now because it was it was this weekend's movie. Right. Well, it's an enjoyable film. It's not as good as the first one, but it's one of those films of disengaged you, you know, your your <laughs> sense of reality, and just go along for the ride, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I I do love the first one very much. I I've got a I just, I do I could just any time of the day I could put that movie on. Again, halfway through it, I could just stick it on or whatever. If I if it's on the TV, I could turn, I just sit and watch it. And I'll tell you one thing: this this movie convinced me I was always right about one thing, and that is it shouldn't have been Daniel Craig as Bond. They got the wrong man because. Um, I think yeah. Colin Firth in yeah. this, which is a Bond sort of character, he was brilliant. And to be honest, I kind of, I, th- I think that he will have probably have thought that he was going to be Bond at some point. Don't know. I mean, he's I th- getting on a bit now, isn't no, he? No, I know. But I mean, before, you know, twenty, you go back 20 years ago, I think he'd have thought, I'll be Bond next. And then he never did. And this, to me, feels like one of those things. Of, well, I think because of the type of movies he was filming at the time, you, yeah, would, have seen him, you would have seen him doing the Brid- well, not Bridget Jones. That was probably a bit later. No, that for the first one. Not for the first one, yeah. But you've got, you've got some of the stuff was not, they're not really action movies. This is the first no, time. No, he was doing period drama and stuff like that. But, yeah, but he was flicks. pigeonholed. <laughs> yeah, he was pigeonholed into that sort of stuff. And then you look at this. I think, my God, you would have been a brilliant Bond. He has the look for a Bond. Yeah. He has the suaveness in bucket loads to be Bond. Mm. And he can do the fight sequences. That, you know, he would have been a good Bond. I always, people used to laugh at me before Kingsman came on and said, I think you should have Colin Firth as Bond. Mm. And people used to laugh at me. And then this film came out and all of them shut up because. It is a perfect testament to he can he could have done that sort of movie easily yeah. because he's a brilliant actor. But um, you know, the I love Kingsman. The, the first Kingsman movie is by far the best. Yeah. Um, not to say that the second Kingsman's bad. It's just not as good. I, I've only seen. I've probably seen the first. I've already probably seen the first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of it. Yeah. But 
you know, I need to sit and watch it properly one evening. Oh, you do. It's the type of film you've got to take all in in one go. Yeah. You, you can't it's watch it piecemeal. I'm, I, I know they are thinking of doing a third as well. And it dis- I think it, I think everyone was disappointed with the second movie. When you, if you look back at some of the reviews, mm. it was a bit poorly made. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't be able to say just yet. But I, I'm I'm expecting it to fail in front of me. But if it turns out to be not bad, then you know, all well and good. Yeah, it's it's not bad. If to be honest, it's much better than Serious, um Justice League was. Yeah. You know, in, in terms really, of the movie. But then again, I took that for what it was and really enjoyed it. So Yeah, and I think if you take this for what it is, or mm. rather the second one, The Golden Circle, yeah. if you take that for what it is, you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah, there, is a good, there is a great cast in there. That's the thing, isn't it? There is. And, you know, it's, it's like on the first one, you know, the the cast of, uh, of characters that were um, in there, Mm. Was absolutely brilliant. Um, I forgot what was uh, said it said him earlier on. Um, it was on. Uh, my brain's gone. It's it's obviously getting too late on a night. Um, it was in Pulp Fiction. Jules off Pulp Fiction. What's his name? Oh, Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> Your why, turn. Your turn. Why? Uh, hang on a minute. I uh, I did these both for you. You're supposed to um, find him this time, aren't you? I'm doing it as we speak. So, um, yeah, I mean... Samuel L. Jackson. Thank you. I've just remembered it myself. <laughs> Quicker. <laughs> yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is... I, I love the way that he plays this character. Uh, you know, as the evil bad guy on the, on the Kingsman Secret Service. Yeah. Who you know he invents a device that ends up people killing each other, and if it turns right up to the max, it can make the head explode. And yet he abhors violence and is repulsed and makes him, the sight of blood makes him sick. But his assistant is an assassin who has uh, swords for legs yeah. and chops people in half. <laughs> well, we well, see when you think about it. You, I mean, so you've obviously you've got Colin Firth. You've got uh, Mark Strong who played Merlin. Yeah, he's who, brilliant. He's he's done some he's done some other movies in the past. I, I'll tell you what, I love Mark Strong in um, Kickass. Oh, was he, uh, do you know? I can't remember if he was in. Oh, yeah, he, maybe, yeah he is. He's the bad guy in Kickass. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll probably have to rewatch that. Oh yeah, you definitely got to. That is yeah. uh, uh, that is one of my favourite comedy yeah. films. Action. You've comedies. got you've got Mark Hamill, obviously playing yes. Professor Arnold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he sounds like the Joker, doesn't he? <laughs> A little bit. He that does. Horse, he's that horse voice, and not that many people are going to re- recognise um, Sophia Butella, who is the girl with the the the, the legs with the, the swords on the end on the on her artificial limbs. Yeah. Who was in Star Trek Beyond? Don't we don't, we don't forget. Mm, she was, um, and Michael Caine, you know, yeah. What if you just? It's a typical great few, you know, some good British actors. Obviously, you got um, mustn't forget. Uh, what's his name? No, is it Tarragon? <coughs> Who plays? Who plays Etsy? Yeah, Etsy as well. So yeah, it's um, and tell you what, he play. He can play uh, uh, Taron Egerton. Yes, thank you. 
isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, because he plays Eggsy, and um, he also did the um, I forgot what the what the film was. Um, let me have a quick look on IMDb. Was it? Was it? Did he Eddie do the Eagle? Good? He did the Eddie the Eagle movie. Yes, he did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, playing Eddie the Eagle, and he was brilliant in that as well. He really was. I've, I've not actually seen that movie, and I've been uh, maybe I'll, when it comes around at some point. I'll have a look. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, in you, 10, 15 years' time, hmm. Bond. You think so? Yeah. 10 or 15 years' time, because um, he was born in 89, so what, is he 30? Not quite 30, is he 29? Yeah. So, yeah, say, but say about another, well, seven or eight years. Hmm. I reckon that he could be Bond material because you look at him when he's in on the, uh, the end of um, Kingsman and right throughout the Golden Circle when he's in the suit, he looks mm. apart. He looks good. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Things will all come around to these British actors who all think that can be um, playing Bond, you know. Yeah. I don't know, but, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you just said, you know, can be the next Bond. Yeah. I mean, didn't, it he, doesn't... didn't he do a didn't he do a sort of a Robin Hood movie? I'm just thinking it out loud here. Who are you talking about now? Taron. Taron. He did, didn't he? Um, yes, last year. This year, sorry. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't think it's been released yet, though, has it? Don't. I don't, I'm not sure. Actually, not sure at all. It has. Yeah, um, it's an in-production title. Yeah, so it's not been released yet. No, not yet. But that's not to say it won't do. Yeah. Oh, funnily enough, look who the sheriff of Nottingham is. <laughs> who is it? It's the guy that plays in Ready Player One as the baddie for IOI. Oh yeah, yeah, director Krennic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, he's a real, he's uh, Australian, Disney, he's a good actor. Yeah, I think he's done, I think he did his sitting home in a way like most of them did. <laughs> he's two years older than me. God, that makes me feel old all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, there, there, it, I think, there's probably still a few good movies to come out this year. Oh, there are a lot of still good movies to come out, I think. But, uh, but we're, okay. it's not going to be a Star Wars one at Christmas. That's great. Makes a change. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm, kind of, I'm anti-Star Wars at the moment. I know. I know you are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, give it a break. That's what it needs. Yeah. So, my last one, then, mm. is... This was on the, actually, Film 4, to be honest. And it's a thousand words. Have you seen so, this one? Sounds like a tune you're about to sing or something. No, it's actually an Eddie Murphy movie. Really? So, yeah, I'm it is. I'm just having a look now. So, uh, in this film, uh, Eddie Murphy's like this high-flying um, executive. Yeah. Um, who's always, you know, like like going into acquisitions uh, or whatever. Mm. And, or is it advertised? I can't, I can't remember anyway. But anyway, he meets this um, spiritual guy who, yeah. uh, and he ends up getting a tree. Mm. And... 
basically what he's told is every word that he says, one leaf will drop from the tree. And when the tree dies, he will die. So it's sort of like one of these very much, um, you know, sort of um, it's feel good movies. It's It's not quite a chick flick. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, because there's no romance sort of element other than his already existing wife and child. Yeah. Um, but it's just completely an utter, uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, um, funny business going on right throughout the whole film. Mm. Um, it's because obviously he's dying to say stuff. And then as soon as it, you know, if he blurts out anything, the leaves start falling off this tree, then he starts panicking that he's going to die. Uh, sort of thing, and it's just so you know, it's so when funny. Did it, when did it come out? Because I'm just oh, it's an old film. Um, yeah, it's an old film. Let's have a look. Uh, actually, not that old, it's um, 9th of March 2012. So it's what six year old, yeah, it's not too long, is it? Yeah, he's a literary agent. Um, and he finds oh, okay. a Bondi what, tree what, on his property. I'll tell you why I couldn't find it. I was look, it's actually spelled thousand, thousand yeah. with a T. You've got, yeah, I, I was Googling it for, um, as in numbers, if you're with me. Okay. So that's why I couldn't find it. All right. Well, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's what it is. You know, it's a good, fun uh, film to watch. It's, you know, just enjoyable that's all obviously you know, where at one point where he's uh trying to do something in relation to his job mm. and he ends up getting all of these you know the toys where they've got a rip cord and they'll say a word yeah he has a load of those on his desk and he has a whole conversation with all of these different toys you know that say the sort of answers that he wants but you know in like you know a metaphysical sort of way yeah, and it's Did, it's just so funny to watch. I'll have to look for it on Sky, but it's funny that how Eddie Murphy's career has gone so downhill. Yeah, when he considering how I mean the how good he was in like things like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, you know the, they were the big films for us in those days. The Golden Child, you know, and all. I that. mean, this still looks like I mean looking at looking at, looking on here that Beverly Hills Cop Four is is maybe on the go. I think that they should steer clear of that. It's got his name on it, at the top of his list at the moment. For it's probably more, maybe more of a rumor. But I just—it's funny because I, I, I loved, I loved his early, early creations that he did do. Yeah. Even really, if you go back to Forty Eight Hours, which is a good film, I never enjoyed that as much. Though, but I think that's because I didn't in, like um, Nick Nolte that much. Yeah, and obviously Beverly Hills Cop was probably what what made him. Yeah. Uh, I think where it started to go wrong for him was somewhere in between Doctor Doolittle and I Spy. I think that that was where his his career started going down. When they started, I mean, obviously we have the 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 idea of using prosthetics to make you look larger, larger than life. Fidelity Professor, you're thinking of? Yeah, I am. Now, I did love I loved the original movie of that from the sixties. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. It was okay, actually. Um, but where where you're looking at some of these films that he's done, obviously the Night Professor Two, uh, and 
there's some there's some daddy daycare. Some of these films were probably very low in budget. Mm. I mean, Norbit, Meet Dave. Sorry, they just started to go wrong for me. I've not seen Tower Heist, which I wouldn't mind seeing because there's quite a good cast in that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he did all right for Shrek as Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant as Donkey. You know, because I think most, most actors, when you, you pull off a good character in these, these sort of Pixar-style type movies, DreamWorks in this case. Yeah. You know. And obviously, I say early 80s with The Golden Child. Which I do love. Harlem Nights wasn't bad, actually, as well. And obviously, Coming to America, which I oh, love movie. Coming to America and James Earl Jones. My God, that man, he has a voice like liquid chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I, if anybody hasn't... Well, obviously, we, we are, we, we, we're forgetting one of his most famous movies ever. And that's Trading Places. Yes, with um, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, but if you ever, you need, I think anyone who, who loved, but never saw his stand-up, I mean, you know, go and check out a couple of his, he did a couple of uh, movies for his stand-up career. Well, there was Delirious, wasn't there? And Raw. And Raw. Yeah. I, I preferred Delirious, I must admit. Which one was the one where he was talking about ice cream? That was Delirious. <laughs> the ice cream man's coming! <laughs> <laughs> That was oh. so funny on that on that film. Yeah, I mean that 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 routine he put in there and that is, is well worth a watch for anybody's yeah. money. And that is Eddie Murphy at his best. Yeah, yeah. That that was when he was really in his heyday, and he was wearing that sort of like Michael Jackson thriller red type suit, wasn't it? Yeah, tight tight cheeks and everything. Yeah, God, I remember, <laughs> remember that. That was the eighties, very through and through. I had that on VHS, like so most did of his I. movies, you know. So, yeah, so did I. So did I. I used to love them. I used to absolutely you love know. watching them. Never watched them too much because you didn't want to remember all the jokes off completely off by heart. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. But, but did you actually do you remember in, in in the Michael Jackson video? Remember the time? No. As the Egyptian king. No, don't remember oh, okay. that. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's he's, a, he, he's had a glorious career that really went downhill and. It is such a shame. It is because he was, well, for me, he was one of the actors who I grew up with. Mm. Yeah, he's worth a fair bit, I should imagine, still. And that's why we've got such, why we, we're looking at another Beverly Hills Cop movie, maybe. <laughs> that to me, it just smacks to me of trying to capture his former greatness. And I think he'd be better off actually getting something that he um, he, he can do that's new. <sighs> Yeah, you know, yeah, get get some good writing in, mm. and you know, actually do something completely fresh. True, true. Um, rather than trying, you know, just do a remake of movies that we already love and ruin it. Because I think that that you know, to me, what this has got is you've got three really good movies, with a fourth one trying to recapture the greatness like Indiana Jones and I'm just frightened it's going to turn into another Crystal Skull. Yeah, I mean, actually, probably number three wasn't great either, to be honest, <laughs> if you're talking about the Beverly Hills Cop movies. No, three wasn't that good. But then again, The Temple of Doom wasn't that good either. So you say. As an analogy. Well, we all have our opinions, don't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I much uh, preferred Raiders of Lost Ark and The Last Crusade 
Yeah. Just like I preferred Beverly Hills Cop One and Two, but by three it was getting a little bit no. No, this just the first the first two movies are those I think where you class it, to be honest. Yeah. I have the DVDs still of the box set actually, but I don't own them in any shape or form other than that. Yeah, can you actually get them on Blu-ray? Or is it one of those sets of films like True Lies that you can't get? Well, you know, you know, HMV have released the some classic eighties movies with the with the sleeve being the old VHS cartridge. Yeah, and Beverly Hills Cop is one in that list. Oh, is it? I, yeah, so I you, keep meaning to go in there and have a look. To be honest, so that list of movies which you got from the eighties that we all, we owned every one of those on VHS. Mm. I've got that VHS cartridge look up look and feel, and uh, in a matter of fact, you can get all three movies from Zoom. For £7.69 on Blu-ray. Yeah, I wonder what the transfer's like, though. Well, it'll be the same transfer as every other Blu-ray. Because yeah. it's all the same box. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, I, to be honest, I've got, I think, the D... I might even put the DVD in. I mean, I just... I love the first film. It's great. And the music in it as well. You know, it's all... Um, it's just... It's one of those classic comedy films that, you know... It's when it's having a good classic classic movie that ends up being replicated, and unfortunately, that's the way it goes. You're onto a winner with a, with maybe a formula, so they go down that route. Yeah, and they they overdo it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, and I think that's probably going back to what you were saying about Star Wars. Mm. Is maybe they are overdoing it. It is honestly, it's it's that saturation, and you know, it's, it's too much. Mm. You know, I don't know whether you could call Marvel a bit of a saturation. Uh, See, I, I think that the Marvel universe, because of the number of characters and a number of spin-offs that they have off that core storyline... That probably might work better because of that. I think it works better. And I think that what they need to do with the Star Wars movies is do more an anthology, a main story, an anthology... A main story, yeah. But, but then I mean, move it to that the anthology mingles in with the main story, so it still forwards the universe, but it doesn't. It can act as its own self-contained thing. Yeah. Have you ordered the dice? That's what we need to know. Yes, I have ordered <laughs> Han Solo's dice. Have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had. No, I, I remember seeing the post about it, and I, I never yeah, got to ask I, you about I, yeah. it. Yeah, and I had a one word with it, ordered. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it there, shall we? Yeah, let's leave it there. So, should we just go on to the questions then? Yeah. John, what's happening to us? Okay, so... Um, we're just going to do a bit of a skip through the debate um, this time. I think we'll... Matter of fact, looking at what we've got, I think we both probably agree, although we've not really talked about it that much, that the debate could actually be a special in itself because we yeah. were going to um, actually do one of having a discussion of when are special effects in films too much. And that's going to cover everything, you know, right from like the early movies, like The Last Starfighter, right the way through to modern films and things that have happened. Like I'm talking even earlier. I'm talking even Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Star well, Wars. Yeah, all of all of those sort of things, but also right mm. up until Star Wars and bringing back the dead and that sort of stuff. 
to be on screen. So I think we'll do that one as a, a one-off special. Yeah. Um, rather than actually doing it. And also we'll just do this one as a bit of a shorter show. So Mark's actually sent us in um, some questions actually linking to what we're going to talk about. So um, do you prefer CGI to blendlessly or to blend seamlessly into surroundings or have an Aurora? So thinking of Peter Cushing's and Cushing and Star Wars. Well, I didn't mind that. That that's okay, mm-hmm. but where where it's required, not over the top. Let's do it with everyone, every all and sundry, and have everyone back from the dead. Um, but CGI blending in, I mean, without going into what we could talk about for hours about about CGI, is that I I don't like seeing too much of it. Yeah, because it, I know it makes still look real, and it will do. But when if, if you've gone back to watch maybe somebody see how they filmed it, and they're climbing on green boxes, and that's all there, that's it. Everything else is, is there's nothing real about it. And I think it makes it really difficult for the actors to just gauge where they are. Well, if you if you go and watch some of the the, the filming of, I think it would have been the. In the the second trilogy of Star Wars Star Wars movies, yeah, the prequels, yeah, and you look at the I think the second movie, yeah, when they're having they got the uh, you got the pots of of melt, melt melted um, iron or whatever it would be, for example, yeah, and they're having the you got that sort of conveyor belt which they're rolling under when things are being made, yes, where and they're building battle droids, yeah, that's it. And you watch what they're doing. They're rolling on green boxes <laughs> for this. Mm. Now, I suppose there's an art to doing stuff like this. You know, and it's, it's, there is a progression in, in movie making. But then when you watch practical effects, you watch stunts that are done, like in, 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 in Mission Impossible Fallout. There's not what the only bit of CGI in that film is having Tom's lanyard, which is protecting him from falling to his death. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is perfectly understandable for insurance purposes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we all we, I think you agree we, we must have all been at awe when we saw Jurassic Park for the first time. Yeah. And seeing how CGI put that into place. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I so, think that that was the first time that that um, CGI had been used so effectively. Yeah, and it worked. They were filming in in Hawaii, in the forests. Yeah, but they were able to plunk those dinosaurs in, and it it gave you that realism. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest. That was done so well, it still stands up today. But yeah, that was, was a, a mixture of CGI and practical. Yeah. Because you will have, you will have um, practical dinosaurs, which were just automation, or, or, or if I can say the word now, <clears throat> which were robots. Yeah. Animatronics. Animatronics, yeah. So, yeah, just very clever. Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, it, the problem with CGI, I think, a lot of the time is 
it can look too real. To that real, it looks fake. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, th- I think. I mean, are we gonna are we gonna sort of blend this into the second question now? Because we sort of we can go into okay. that one. Okay, okay, yeah. So a mistake often made with CGI is that it's too perfect. Do you agree? Yes. And I'm I'm trying to think of another movie other than a Star Wars movie, which has had so much CGI in it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, possibly. Or Especially any. two. Yeah. I mean... But when you're doing off-world stuff... Yeah, I all right. What about Robert Downey Jr. at the beginning of um, Captain America Civil War, where they made him younger? Yeah, true. So... And look at look that, at Kurt Russell. And look at, Kurt, look at Kurt Russell. Yes. In Guardians Two. Yeah. Which actually, actually, got to say, looked pretty, pretty good. Oh, it looked amazing. You know, even when you're watching it in 4K, it still looks amazing. That's <laughs> such a good film, though. It is. But the Guardians films are. Have you heard about what they're actually doing in terms of Guardians of the Galaxy? The whole crew has put a petition. To for, for, Disney about rehiring the was director. It, was it Brian Gunn was his name? I, I might have got that wrong, but I think his surname was Gunn. Yeah. But yeah. But they decided, yeah, to bring him, want to bring him back. So it's a bit weird. Just feverishly typing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn. I knew it. James Gunn. Yeah. I knew his surname was Gunn, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's an odd one, isn't it? It is, and it's because he made some is it anti-Semitic tweets, or some controversial yes. uh, tweets. If you want to know more about ago. it, just go and Google it, and you'll see everything that's been said. <laughs> yeah, but um, also the cast wrote an open letter to Disney to rehire him. Mm. Um and I've forgotten what what's his name who plays uh Drax uh Dave uh Bust uh Baluster you know plays Drax on Guardians of the Galaxy has yeah, said yeah, that uh, if James Gunn's not going to go ahead he doesn't want to go <coughs> ahead yeah yeah so I think that that's going to be uh, an interesting sort of situation mm. because you're not going to have a Gamora well yeah it's you know it's an odd one isn't it <laughs> so yeah anyway moving on to Facebook uh, Chris uh, Pedersen has asked what is your guilty pleasure movie I've got loads probably to be honest yeah as long as you don't start with Emmanuel <laughs> oh right I, you know, okay was... so now you've got two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Emmanuel the sequel no um, <laughs> oh did can you think of one yeah I can actually um, and it's um, McAvoy and Angelina Jolie and it's Wanted I don't know about being a guilty pleasure. There's nothing wrong with that movie, is there? Yeah, it's a terrible movie. 
<laughs> but I still love it. I don't know what it is about that movie that you know the whole the whole thing of twisting bullets and stuff like that and these ridiculous shots that the assassins do. Yeah. But I and it's nothing like the original comics or graphic novels, depending on how grown up you want to be about it. Mm. But I still love that movie. There's something about it that just appeals to me. Yeah. And I don't watch it very often, but again, because I want to keep it special. True. I mean, if it's because normally a guilty pleasure movie would be a movie you wouldn't want to talk about to somebody else, is it? Really, that's yeah. what it comes Hen- down to. Hence your Emmanuel collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, oh dear. I've got a movie that I want to keep quiet about. I can't think of one. It's nah, yeah, you're with you, you're amongst friends and a few thousand <laughs> listeners. <laughs> gonna get my head off. <laughs> um, a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. Okay. I do love the Bridget Jones movies. Chick flicks. <laughs> I do. I honestly do. I I I really have a soft spot for Renny Zellweger. Don't ask me why, but I do. Well, she's not my uh, my type. No, I just you know I I do those 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 movies do work well for me. To, to be fair, they are, to be fair, they are good movies. Um, they're yeah. enjoyable, sort of like. And they're, but they're they're easy to watch, and there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they're they're the good feel good movies, generally mm. speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there so, you go. So, so now we know that you like Mr. Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read the book, it's really interesting because in the, in the book, um, Rennie Zellweger's character gets to interview Colin Firth playing Darcy. That's <laughs> just a bit odd. Right, so so now you do realise that you've actually just gone down in all of the readers' or listeners' expectations now because you've actually read the book as well. I have, yeah. I've read the book and I thoroughly enjoy it. It made, made me laugh. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Moving so swiftly I'll do, I'll do, on. I'll do, I'll do Nicky's question. If you had to give up our reality and move into a fictional one from a video game or movie or TV, what would you choose? I think that we'd both choose exactly the same thing. Because we've had this similar sort of question before. Yeah. And to be in a world with no money, <laughs> don't care about it. Yeah. Are you both going to say Star Trek with me? I'm going to say Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want... Mark Tudor? Mark Tudor. Well, do we want to not say why? I think we'd be here all night. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek, because we're both Trekkers. Because you know what the difference is between a Trekker and a Trekkie? Go on then. A Trekker, oh, sorry, a Trekkie goes up to Councillor Deanna Troy at a convention and says, Hi, are you still seeing Commander Riker? Whereas a Trekker goes up to Marina Sirtis and says, Hi, what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, so Matt Tudor. Have you ever sold any console, game, peripheral, or any gaming-related item only to regret it months uh, or years later and end up buying another one 
because, and I know that he's done this because I saw his tweets, I've just ordered my second Switch after selling one in January. <laughs> well, some people might do that because they might need the cash or something, and then... Yeah. There is that, you know. Yeah. So have you? Well, I've, I've, yeah, I've, well, I've, I've, I've got rid of an Xbox 360 and recently what? purchased one again with the Connect. Yes, I was just thinking that, actually. <laughs> have you done any other ones? As in? Sold and rebought. Um, well, I've bought, well, I've, the thing is, I've gone through that stage of buying every Xbox 360 version. So I've sold one, bought the new version, sold one, bought the new version. Does that count? Yeah, I suppose it does, really. Why, why did you do that? So I, I don't know, like the original 360, then I got, was it maybe the Elite version? Then, you know, so I bought every, I had every version of the 360 mm. up to the latest one, which is the one I didn't have before, which I do have now, which, you know, that square looking version of it. Yeah. And I think I I did, I did do, I had the Xbox, well, I've, no, I've still got my original very, very first Xbox behind me, but I did have the crystal version. Right. As well. And uh, I shouldn't have sold that, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have to do it sometimes, don't you, to fund your next one. I mean, yeah. in terms of, for me, the first time that I actually sold one and regretted it was I sold my PlayStation, the first one. Mm. Um, I actually sold it to my mate, who was my best man at my wedding, actually. Yeah. And I sold, you know, I sold him like, a ton of games with it as well. I mean, an absolute heck of a load. Um, because I needed the money to finance buying a PC. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and then about six months later, I bought another PlayStation 1. <laughs> but, you know, it was just, it was more for financing my PC rather than anything else. Yeah. That, that I did that. But, um, you know, I missed having it. And especially back then, because, um, excuse me, you didn't have Steam, so you know you you couldn't um, access all of your games. You know that you'd uh, purchase from Humble Bundle and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big big difference um, back then. Was PC gaming? You used to have to look after IRQ values and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah. Okay, <clears throat> Matthew. Matthew Smalley says, if you could be any character from a TV show, who would you be and what character would you actually, what character would you actually be? So I think he's saying two things. Who would you want to be and who do you think you actually are? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like anything else. I know that for sure. Well, I, I think I know who I actually probably am. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd like to be Han Solo. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, well, why not? You end up with a princess. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know, I'd like to be James Bond. That'd be a cool character to be. Hmm. Because he always gets the girl. <laughs> yeah. So who would you actually be? What, the real Yeah, if you were in that world, there's a difference between who you would want to be in a in a fantasy world mm. to who you would actually be if you were 
suddenly transformed into your equivalent on a TV show or a film? I'm sure people will be screaming, I should be Homer Simpson. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you'll be Homer Simpson. I know yeah. who I'd be. <laughs> Go on. Lieutenant Barclay. <laughs> From the next generation. Yeah, I know, I know you're about, yeah. I yeah. know who that is. So, yeah, okay. I think I'll probably end up being him. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm normally as socially awkward as he is. <laughs> so, Alan Cochran has asked, um, why do you think that the PlayStation Vita uh, wasn't a success like the 3DS or the Switch? Great little system, I reckon, and I agree entirely. And you've got a Switch as well, haven't you? Mm, I do, yes. We're playing Resident Evil 1 and 2. <laughs> Um, why? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I I think it boils down to um a couple of points, really. And that is that from launch, Sony were very lacklustre about promoting it. Hmm. I don't, th- you know, they didn't push it the way that they pushed... <clears throat> the PS3 and the PS4. And I yeah. think also they didn't support it. That's the other side of that as well. So it's not only did they not push it, but they then failed to support it in the way that it needed to become the next mm. great console. It's sort of like the executives at Sony all went out for a knees up one night. Yeah. And then somebody came up to them and said, I've got this brilliant idea for a handheld console. And in a drunken stupor, the CEO turned around and said, brilliant idea and signed it off. And someone went off to do it. Mm. And then he woke up the next morning and went, Oh my God. And I can't get out of it now. (laughs) (laughs) That, that to me feels the way that, that Sony have supported that console right throughout its whole career, because Mm. it's been a, it's a brilliant little piece of kit. Yeah. The operating system left much to be desired, which again goes down to its support. Mm. And it was basically, it was left to third party developers to support that platform after its initial launch. And I don't think that that was on because it was yeah. only really indie people who did it. It's great. Actually, it's still great to use as if you want to, play your playstation in the same room as your missus watching extenders sometimes in some games mind you so it's play playstation vr hmm oh yeah but that's that is going to be different but what i'm saying is you can sit there quietly not look look like someone who's you know strapped up to to play a vr game but the idea of using that vita yeah as a second screen like that it's very clever do you think that they're pushing vr more than vita god yeah yeah. 100%. Yeah. It, it's almost like it came off the production line and Sony went hasta la vista, baby. I'm bored now. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... you know, the other thing as well is, I personally, and I know that other people are going to disagree entirely, but I think that the PSP's controls were better than the Vita's. I didn't like those raised sticks. Yeah, I much preferred the, for want of a better term, nipple controllers that the PSP had, because of just the way that they sort of slid over 
the the surface of the device rather than sticking up as much. Mm. And I just found them easier to control than the uh, Vita's uh, sticks. And also, the Vita didn't really feel comfortable in your hand. Mind you, neither did the PSP. Do you think, find that with your Vita? It can be a bit clumsy at times. Yeah, especially if you're trying to play a Destiny. Yeah, I don't... I normally play something like baseball or something like that. You know, that's okay to play. Yeah. Something with the least amount of buttons you have to push, not try and use the pads at the behind or the bumpers that are maybe you like getting your fingers around them, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But... Uh, so this is next question is very interesting actually. Um, so Paul Wilson says, "Then also getting any younger, especially you two, do you find Cheeky. when you go? <laughs> do you find when you go into the cinema these days, you find you have a point in a movie, regardless of how interesting or where you are, you become very tired and have a micro snooze or a power nap, and for him it's a regular occurrence." No, that's definitely an old man thing. And it's not something I suffer from. Now, I'm going to say this, because I've never really mentioned it before. It has happened to me a Here's couple of times. something I found on Wikipedia. <laughs> this is a <laughs> Tell her to <laughs> shut up. They form a sister group to Alexa, shut kids, up. <laughs> together forming the <laughs> Well, she found something on Wikipedia for you to solve your problem. Well, mine actually, I forgot. Mine's actually running because i got the lights on, but uh, she didn't say anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sorry, you were saying. Yeah. It's... I have actually had this moment of a uh, elbow on the side. You just nodded off. No, I didn't. You did. Mm. And it's not because the film was boring at all. Maybe strapped in a dark room like that, you sometimes you feel like you do want to nod off for a second. Yeah. But it has happened a couple of times for me. Um, I have to admit, no, I've never fallen asleep um, watching a film. I think that's probably because... I come from North Yorkshire, and the way to describe anybody from North Yorkshire is that we're Scotsmen with the generosity removed. Mm. And the fact that I've paid to see a movie, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, it's funny because when, when I went to see Mission Impossible at the weekend, I said, I'm not going to fall asleep, I'm not going to fall asleep, I'm not going to nod off. And I didn't, actually. I actually I'd stayed awake. Yeah. I was determined not to, you know... But it was such a great film, and, and the noise and everything else, I think it probably kept me awake anyway. But being serious, though, because this is something that I do suffer from, because I have a condition called obstructive sleep apnea. Yeah. And so I have to wear a mask to go to sleep. So, you know, anybody who's into, like, kinky stuff, it's a really good thing. <laughs> I'm uh, thinking of the movie Blue Velvet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it is like <laughs> that, actually, because it actually blows gale force air into my mouth all yeah. night um and it's it's what's known as a sleeping death because it's um something that you're never going to be aware of you just constantly feel tired all mm. the time and if you snore and particularly if you snore but you hold your breath so you sort of like go <laughs> sort of thing you know yeah. you have this sudden intake of breath what's happening is is that the um airways in your mouth in your throat are closing up and it you know and you can stop breathing for so many seconds and um technically speaking i was only actually breathing for about 25 minutes in every hour 
Mm. Now I have a severe case of it. Not as severe as some people I remember, have. I, I know you have mentioned this before, and I do remember you talked, we talked off air before and you read chat about it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, yeah. I you mentioned that, yeah. But the reason why I'm mentioning it is because if you are falling asleep, and this is just for anybody, but if you are falling asleep, it might be worth turning around to your partner, whoever they are, and say, do I actually seem to stop breathing in, at night? Mm. Um, you know, even for a few seconds when, you know, if you're snoring, because my wife told me years before I actually got diagnosed of this, and it didn't matter how much sleep I got, I was always tired, and I was getting more and more and more tired. <clears throat> and um, it turned out I had obstructive sleep apnea, and, you know, that's, uh, you can end up, if you're not, if you don't have it treated, you can have a heart attack or a stroke. Because there is, um, quickly just saying, there is, no, my mummy says you, you've got narcolepsy. <laughs> she comes up with that one every time, you know. Um, which is another sleep disorder. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I, well, you know, because there are some people that will just nod off at the yeah. wheel. Yeah, but but that's what happened. The, the Remember the Selby Rail crash from a yeah. few years back? Well, evidently mm. the guy who was involved in that crash had obstructive sleep apnea, and it actually makes it a reportable thing to DVLA uh, as well. It's not an issue. You can still drive as long as you're getting CPAP therapy, which is the mask. Yeah. But um, the reason why I mention it is because one of the other common symptoms of it is micro snoozes or power naps. If when you're in a quiet place or just after your lunch or whatever and you fall asleep, it's a possible indicator of the fact that you might have it. So yeah. it's worth checking with your partner to see, you know, do I appear to be holding my breath when I'm asleep? And if you are, get to the doctors and. It, the test's dead easy. You just wear something on your finger and it measures the amount of blood going through your system. Well, I, had one I had, you know, I had my, um, my well man checked the other day. Yeah. That's what he did with me anyway then as well. I ah, did but, that test. But this goes on overnight. Oh, okay. You have to wear it while you're asleep. Yeah, and they do, oh, okay. So and just... it tests the whole night and then it tells you how many episodes. Yeah. So... You know, when I was doing it, I had something like about 84 episodes an hour and I was breathing, you know, not breathing for at least 30 seconds in mm. a, a time. So it ended up, I mean, it was like about 20, 25 minutes I was breathing in an hour, yeah, which is a yeah. frightening thought, you know. But I'm, you know, I'm just sharing that with anybody just in case there is anybody yeah, who's yeah. a uh, potential sufferer from that has these sort of symptoms, that it's just a bit more information. <clears throat> Look it up as well, obstructive sleep apnea. Mm. So, Right, last question. Last question is, Craig Cole, not including kids, the wife, pets and family, pics, etc., which one thing would you save above all others in a house fire? Now, the thing is, with insurance purposes these days, I think most things you can get back off your insurance. How easy that is these days, I haven't a clue. Mm. But it'd have to be something that you know you can't get back again because maybe it's like a limited edition maybe or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I would grab some of my vinyl, to be honest, because unless they're repressed, and sometimes they are. But even so, you'd be able to get that on eBay or whatever. Yeah, but what it is is when they're when they're pressed, limited edition presses are they're numbered as well, and maybe coloured vinyl, for example. So when they're gone, they're gone, and you can occasionally find one. I mean, there are some repressing going on, which I'm, which obviously the Halloween titles, which I'm going to be hoping to pick up all five of those at some point. But I've got. Um, my Wonder Wonder Woman soundtrack mm. is pressed in gold vinyl, and it's it's actually pressing number forty four out of a, out of three thousand. You know? So very rare. So very so very rare ish, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's you won't, once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Um, but then again, I did pick mine up on eBay. But there you go. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself? Um, anything you'd like to? Anything on your man cave shelf that you want to take out quickly? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd be getting a trolley from from co-op, <laughs> wheeling it in there quickly and grabbing it. Just, as much just as I get can. the just get the wheelbarrow. <laughs> just like supermarket sweep. <laughs> no, just open the window and chuck it all out the window. <laughs> yeah. Quick. Um, yeah, there is for me. I would say that the thing that I would save would be my personalised autograph from um, David Prowse. Well, actually, I'd, I'd take those off the shelf as well. Even some of the photographs. Yeah. I'll be, you know, I'll be in my mess, in my man cave grabbing as much of it as I can. You know, we got those photographs, haven't we, with William Shatner and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but we've still got those digitally as well. True, yeah. So, and those are on the cloud. Mm. And obviously you got obviously, but they're, they're the ones we had. We had the um, autographs of you know, Garrett Wang and <coughs> and, and Armin as well. So yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I've got. I'm looking directly at Garrett's signature, David Prowse's, and Armin's all in a row. Mm. So I would um, grab those. I've also directly above them got my autograph from William Shatner. Yeah, and. Behind my door, I've got a Star Wars poster, the original Star Wars poster, you know, with um, Luke, well, one of the original ones, with Luke standing there with his lightsaber and Princess Leia firing off to the right, yeah. or left or whatever. I've, See, got, I've, got my, I've got my film sales as well, yeah. with, um, from Star Trek and Ready Player One. Well, the Star Wars poster I've got is an authenticated um, thing, and it's got... Uh, 21 signatures from the cast and crew uh, from the cast of star wars from the prequels to um the original uh, trilogy and there's people like kenny baker who you're never going to get his signature again because he's not here with us anymore Mm. so yeah so those are some of the things i would think and my own ass yeah (sighs) if the fire started in that room you'd be screwed (laughs) To be honest, probably the most likely room because I've already had a fire in this room before now. Do you know what I mean? When my PC burst into flames. There you go. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah, but so. that because that was scary actually because I had my PC. I was downloading stuff, you know, um, from Steam, and oh. I left my PC on, and my son was playing on the Xbox in the living room directly below where it was, <coughs> yeah. and I was out in the garden cutting the lawn. 
They came in, went upstairs to Lou and thought, oh my God, I can smell burning metal. And I came in just to see the, the smouldering remains of my PC on there because obviously the, elect- the power supply had worked and it had cut the electricity off. And what was in the um, in the PC just burnt mm. itself out because there wasn't enough fuel to keep it going. But it could have been really nasty, could that? Yeah, true. So yeah, so that's uh, you know I've I've had that in the room, and my god, it stunk. The smell of burnt and melted plastic. Oh, it's it does! Horrible. It's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Stunk for weeks. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. Right, we're there, aren't we? We are. So, do you want to do your outro? So, Twitter at Steve07, PSN ID, the real Steve07, Xbox Steve07, YouTube now Steve07 with me soundtracks and gaming music. Email Steve07 at popculturegamers.co.uk and yourself is. Well, all of my stuff for everything is H-E-R-J UK. Uh, you can find me easy enough um, on uh, YouTube, Twitter, PSN, Xbox Live, Steam, um, Battle.net, the whole lot on there is that. Uh, my email address is H-E-R-J UK at popculturegamers.co.uk. Also, don't forget, we have our Facebook group, which is surprisingly called Pop Culture Gamers. If you have any inquiries for the podcast, it's podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk and our website is popculturegamers.podbean.com And that's it for another show. So with that, unless Steve's got anything else to add, it's a good night from him. And good night from me. Good night. Good night. You are about to witness history in the making.